This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Sills! Unbelievable money that's being thrown around the defensive tackle position. Quentin Williams, $96 million. $25 million per guaranteed. Insane numbers. And now the defensive tackle position is becoming a premium position. Just follow the money. Look at what Javon Hardgrave got. By the way, welcome aboard with us here. 14 days to training camp or two weeks out from the start of training camp. Huge money. And folks, 12 12 sacks, $25 million a year. Unbelievable Unbelievable numbers and money. Wow. The defensive tackle position is now a premium position like the corner and edge rushers. Especially if you get an interior defensive tackle that can rush the passer. Hey, and for the record, this is where Jordan Davis needs to be. Now, he's the third overall pick. Davis is the 13th pick. But when you're in one of those high premium picks like that, this is exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles were counting on when they drafted Jordan Davis out of the first uh, round. Two years ago, they were counting on him to beat Quentin Williams. He's not. That is a premium, primetime defensive tackle that can give you 12 sacks, 55 total tackles, 28 hits on the quarterback. That's a premier defensive tackle. Premier. Premier. Highest paid DT in the league. Quentin Williams' numbers for the Jets. 16 games played, 12 sacks, 28 quarterback hits, 55 tackles, two forced fumbles, four pass deflections. That, my friends, is production. When you draft somebody in a premium pick, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Not 19 tackles. And sporadic play. That's a primetime player in New York. Jordan Davis. You have the physical ability to do this. He just doesn't live up to it. Just doesn't live up to it. And and nor does he show the flashes of that. 65% of the defensive snaps played. That is absolute production. 
Holy cow. Dude, Quentin Williams? Would you take Quentin Williams right now over Aaron Donald? Yeah. Age? Production? Now, Donald's a superior pass rusher and a phenomenal pass rusher. But Quentin Williams is an overall great football player because he's productive in making tackles and he's great against the run. $66 million guaranteed to a defensive tackle. Still got to stop the run, don't you? 12 tackles for lost. First team all pro. Hey, hey, Tone, how many years has Quentin Williams been in the league? How many years has this guy been in the league? Entering his fifth year. He's been in four years of production going into his fifth year. Sorry, friends. Hey, Tone, do me a favor. Can Do, do you have his stats up? Because I'd like to know what he did in his first year with the Jets. Okay? I'd like to know what he did. By the way, the Jets had a good unit last year. Their defensive football team improved mightily. They did a great job last year defensively. Um, Boy, the numbers are just getting bigger and bigger for the defensive tackle position. Absolutely insane. Um, And first team all pro. You're talking about a 25-year-old guy right now entering his prime, and now he's getting primetime money. Okay, just just an absolutely sensational production number. Man, listen to that. 16 games, year one, 13 games played, two and a half sacks, 26 tackles, four TFL, six quarterback hits, one pass deflection. Kind of a tick up from, from Jordan Davis. 19 tackles, no sacks. He had two and a half in 13 games. Kind of in the room. Kind of in the room. So here, let's be fair here to Jordan Davis. It's going to tell us, this third year is going to tell us, because I guarantee you, Quentin Williams started to improve each and every single year especially when Robert Saylor got there from San Francisco, I guarantee you his production improved because the defensive talent around him improved. And that's always a factor too. More guys you play with that are better ball players, you're going to be able to play um, a lot better. Here's year two. 13 games played, seven sacks, 55 tackles, 10 TFLs, 14 QB hits. Let me say this to you. If Jordan Davis puts that kind of season together in 13 games, seven sacks, 55 tackles, he's on his way. Because that that's great production missing three games. So he'd have been a 10-sack guy, most likely 10 or 9, in a 16-game regular season. That's 13. Quentin Williams is now the new, um, he's the he, he's the new standard for where you want Jordan Davis. Year three, 15 games, six sacks, 12 QB hits. Fit, I'll tell you what, look at that tackle number. 
Look at the tackle number. 55 tackles last year, first year, 26, second year, 55, third year, 53, seven TFLs, those 10 tackles for losses, four tackles for losses, 12 a year ago. Man, he is a he is one productive guy. You're hoping Jalen Carter looks like this. This is the kind of production you want to see Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, I would imagine. These are big numbers for an interior defensive tackle. I didn't, you know, I guess because I'm not sitting there covering the Jets as much. You know, Tone asked me a question. You know, when you look at the defensive tackle position, you think there's more quality DTs today. I think there's more athletic defensive tackles. But I don't believe that the tackles today are asked to do the things that tackles in the past had to do, where you had to be good against the run. Like, I'll make a comparison to you, Tone, even more so. Like, do you think it's the walk of shame any longer in baseball if a guy strikes out 150 times? But if he hits 300 and gets you 40 home runs and 120 RBIs, and he strikes out 150 times like Mike Trout, that's not a big deal anymore, is it? When guys struck out back in the past, he's 25 years old, 6'3", 303 from Alabama. It's Quentin Williams. You know, years past, if you struck out 100 times, man, that was the walk of shame nobody wanted. Now it's not a big deal as long as you're being productive, right? That's kind of what you are today in the defensive tackle position. They want pass rushers at that spot. They, it's not so like uh, Vince Wolfark making the Hall of Fame. I don't think Vince makes it because he doesn't have a ton of sacks. Vince Wolfark playing in Joe Green's era, he makes the Hall of Fame. It's a, it's just a, they throw the ball more. You've got to be more of a pass rusher. You've got to be more a disruptor and tackles for losses, deflected passes, disruption. If if you give up if you give up a ton of yards and a team runs the ball on you, Aaron Donald is notorious for that. He runs around blocks. He's notorious for that. That's not what he's asked to do any longer. He he's just not asked to do that. Um so again, when Davis's numbers improve, you'll give credit to Carter being on the field. Of course I will. Better players around you. I just said that. And Josh Sweat improving. And Reddick getting to the quarterback. It all goes hand in hand. Hey, Bob, are you under some impression that if you play with shit players, you're going to be a good player? And you're not going to suffer on a bad defense? Of course you're going to suffer on a bad defense. I'll give credit to Jalen Carter? Absolutely. But I'll also give credit to Jordan Davis if Carter has a banner rookie year, it, it's a team sport, dude. You need everybody, Bob. Hassan Reddick needed the guys to stop the run for him to be productive. Once they got Linville Joseph and Adamic and Sue, he took off in the second half. Those guys get credit also for the production that he had. It's not a slap in the face to play with better guys. I mean, again, 
If we're talking tennis or boxing, that's a different conversation. We're talking about a team sport. You're trying to tell me you don't think if you got better linebackers and you got great linebacker play, and I'll even make this point to you. Dude, if, if those two tackles in front play great, say they have good seasons. Say that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis have great years. N'Kobe Dean could be a pro bowler. Okay? He could be a pro bowler. Wow, Nicole Lynn negotiated the deal and just had a baby. She's a, hey, think about this for her, okay? It's almost a $100 million deal. She gets 5% of that. She gets 5% of that deal. And she gets 5% of the Jalen Hurts deal. What a gangster, man. And I mean that with due respect. And, and you know what, too? She is the coolest negotiator, Nicole Lynn, I've ever seen. I didn't know Quentin Williams was up for a new deal. Did you? I, did, I couldn't believe the no noise that was made in the, in, in the Jalen Hurts contract. Dude, what an absolute professional job you're doing when it comes to negotiating these contracts without all the kind of noise you hear mostly from these agents. That's great. Every single player is going to start gravitating to her because you know why? You're not trying to piss your employer off. You're just trying to get a deal done that's fair and market value. That's absolutely awesome. It's a great negotiating deal. Super job, Nicole. You are absolutely putting yourself, if you haven't already, amongst the elites when it comes to negotiating these contracts. Clutch Sports, man, they have an absolute shark in the tank there now. It's fantastic. Fantastic, and kudos to you. That's a great job, man, and he deserves it. The numbers are enormous, okay? Big Seals needs a chat to broadcast exit. <laughs> hey, if you guys were barking at me, man, that'd be really fun. It would be. Dan, would you trade Quez Watkins in a pick for Jamal Agnew, who could be a great number three and a returner? Let's see how the exhibition season goes, 85. Okay, hey, I want to give Quez a shot. I want to give Quez Watkins a shot. Okay, I do. She's on Clutch Sports, Dozy, yes. Fantastic. I, boy, I'll tell you what, man. I cannot wait to see Jordan Davis play this year, and I can't wait to see Jalen Carter play. We are going to have so much fun watching these guys either produce or have to get better or make comments. Remember something in the end when we're going to talk about athletes this year or we're going to talk about your particular favorite eagle. No one's wishing anything. I don't wish failure, failure for Jordan Davis. Why would I? Doesn't seem like he's a bad guy. He wants to be an eagle. He's a good dude. I, I, I have no issues with him. Okay, none. I see a lot of people like him. He's happy. He jokes around. How do you root against that? You root against assholes. You don't root against people who are good dudes. At least I don't. And I'm never jealous over money or anything. Dude, I'm, I'm hoping he has a great year. If he has a great year, 
my show will benefit. Don't you get that? You know, it's crazy how people think that I wish certain guys, because I'm critical of them, that they fail. That's old school radio bullshit. Why would I want to wish a guy not to have a good year so you tune out because you want, don't want to hear it anymore? Why would I want that? Why would I want you to tune a show off because it's so negative because the guy's not... Would you guys still be here with me if I was still banging on a negative narrative about Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts had had a great year like he did a year ago? You would look at me and go, you have no... You have no integrity of what you're watching. You're lying. The player has made it possible for us to continue to evaluate. Look at Carson Wentz, for instance. There's really not much to evaluate any longer, except this. Here's the new story with Wentz. Can he turn his career around? Can he turn his... That's where Carson is. And here's, here's, here's the one thing you want to do. When it comes to Jalen Hurts, can he continue to get better? That's what we're looking at. Okay? That's exactly what we're looking at. Neil, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you. Um, You know, I, I did anybody, before we get into the topics, by the way, you know we've been going into position rooms, and we're going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs because that's your Week 11 opponent. You guys have a bye. Um, in the week 10 of the NFL season this year. So we went to week 11. We're looking at the world champion Kansas City Chiefs here in a couple of minutes. And we're going to look at the offensive line. I said something yesterday about you guys. I think you have the best cornerback room in the National Football League in depth and with your duo. I think the Jets are there. I think the Dolphins are there. Maybe the Cowboys. And I, I but I, if you look at it, the Eagles have a really great cornerback room. We talk safety, you know, a lot of question marks there, a lot of question marks up the middle, okay? ton of question marks up the middle. But we're going to look at that here in a minute. So last night the ESPYs were on. I've never watched an episode of the ESPYs. I've never watched it. I see, I don't, I, don't, I don't get the award. I don't know if it's a sports award, if it's a political award. I, I really don't know what it is. It's to promote ESPN. You know, and the one thing out there, too, that came out of that whole thing was LeBron James telling us and, you know, telling us he's coming back. You know, let me say this about LeBron. I know he got heat for it today because he's gracing us with his presence and his greatness for another year. Okay. So his bedside manner sucks. The only thing I'll say about LeBron James compared to guys like Steph Curry or guys like Michael Jordan Man, doesn't it just seem he forces everything in his life? He's such an insecure dude, and there's no reason to be. You have no reason to be insecure here about this. Bro, you're one of the greatest, if not the top two greatest players in the league. Some would debate you're the greatest. What the hell else do you have to do? You don't have to let everyone know that you think you're the greatest. Let others make that assessment about you when they put down all the numbers on a on a table and look it, let them, let them say it. Let them say how great you are. I've never heard Michael Jordan ever talk about him being the greatest of all time. I've heard Michael Jordan say, it's not a fair question because I never played against Russell. 
I never played against Wilt. That's how he defines it because he respects the sport. LeBron has been chasing the ghost of Jordan and really Kobe since he came into the league and there was no need for it. Everything became forced. That's why a guy like Howard Eskin calls him LaFraud. Because you know why? It's not that his game is a fraud. He is. And he's probably a great dude. But you force others' hand when you start walking around telling everyone how great you are. Bro, everyone sees it. Everyone knows how great you are. But you know, you he does more harm to his legacy than anybody in sports. Would you not agree? LeBron does more harm to his legacy than anyone with some of the things he says and some of the actions he has. Hey, by the way, you know how I look at that? Tone, I'll tell you what, how everybody ripped him when he says, I'm taking my talents to Miami. LeBron James made that happen for Tom Brady to go to Tampa without him getting killed on that. He made sports and athletes mobile. He was the first guy to take the the slings and arrows in that, where it used to be taboo if you went somewhere else because you didn't finish a deal. LeBron did that. That's his legacy. LeBron James, outside of the great player he is, his legacy is if the organization is not doing enough and not building around you, you have every right to leave. That's his legacy. But dude, you forced everything. And you do so much harm to yourself. Let it go. Nobody needed to hear that dumb shit last night. Nobody in the right mind had a thought you were retiring. Just go play. And and once again, Disney Disney has ESPY awards when they got to fire 7,000 people. Talk about the stupidest thing you could do and self-serving thing you could do in a time when your company is hemorrhaging money. ESPN's dying. And I guarantee you, it's killing the Disney stock. Two years from now, ESPN will not be part of Disney. You watch, they'll spin it off. Because it's losing too much money. In 10 years, they've lost 10 million viewers. No, 20 million viewers. Dude, come on. Nobody's watching that network anymore. They got great college football. Game day's awesome. PTI is still the best show on that network. I mean, hey, and know this. Big Seals worked on Wall Street. You can't keep hemorrhaging money and losing money like that. Just like CBS, they spun off CBS radio because it was killing the stock. It was killing Viacom stock. Les Moonvest came on my program, on my radio program, about four years ago. He was the chairman of Viacom. And came off and said, we're spinning off radio because radio is absolutely killing us right now. Okay? So, we'll see. All right. Yeah, by the way, ESPN Plus with UFC. Yeah, get this. UFC got paid. Nobody signed up for ESPN Plus. (laughs) Nobody signed up for ESPN Plus. It's a dying website. Like that CNN Plus thing that died. Nobody signed up for ESPN Plus. Five bucks a month. Sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's get into 
By the way, Philly 500, 430, we will have him on. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid. What's your take with that team going into the 2023 campaign? 14 days out from the start of training camp. What do you see with them? How do you look at Kansas City as they try to repeat as Super Bowl champions? Coming off what has been a pretty remarkable year for Patrick Mahomes. How do you look at the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, repeat? Twist, thank you, my friend. How do you look at Kansas City as they continue this run? They're in a conversation to repeat as Super Bowl champions? They're the kings of the hill. Tone's under, under the... He's under the thought process... You're the king until somebody knocks you off. Okay? Quan goes, I can't even get a handle on the Eagles. We're, we're getting there. Chiefs are bungles, Twist says. Team got better all around Chiefs. That's the team to beat, says Mateo. Okay. Let me give you my takeaway. 2023 world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Two weeks out from them also starting training camp. I feel like they're like the Steelers at the end of the 70s. Whew, man, that Steeler team was so good four and six years. All those Hall of Famers. There's not Hall of Famers on that team. There's a hand. There's two guys, potentially three guys that could be Hall of Famers. That's on that Chiefs team. Let me get into it here. Here's my takeaway. And you know, when I write this down, and I do most of this at night. I put some real thought into this here. Um, the Chiefs are on the verge of a dynasty. Five straight AFC title games. Two Lombardis. Um, it's the greatest era of... How about this? What's crazy about what Andy Reid and Veach have done in Kansas City... For a enormously rich in history football program slash franchise, this is the greatest era of Kansas City Chief football in the franchise's history, going all the way back to Lamar Hunt. It's the greatest. Um, you know, they went to two Super Bowls back in the early days when they first made the move over from the AFL to the NFL. Hank Stram was the head coach. They had some really fine ball players and a ton. I would even say this. They had more Hall of Fame football players during that era than what Mahomes has now. But this is the greatest era in the history of Kansas City football. They've got to make some moves. Orlando Brown's no longer there, so they brought in Donovan Smith, Jawan Taylor. These guys are going to have to protect um, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I would say this that Rasheed Rice has to step up. I didn't really think that he played that well at wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid last year. They've got to get more production out of the wide receiver room. Get this, and that's in light of what Mahomes did a year ago, broke the single season yardage number, and 
threw for 44 touchdowns, which is even more insane. Um, Steve Spagnola is an outstanding defensive coordinator. In my opinion, he was one of the reasons why the Chiefs beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl in the second half of the year, or second half of the game, I should say, and especially into the fourth quarter. He should get an absolute another shot at being a head football coach in the NFL because he's done a whale of a job in Kansas City. I mean, as one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL, he has put his mark on that as being, I would say this to you, Steve Spagnola. I mean, is there a better D coordinator in the NFL than him right now? Maybe the guy in New England is the only other guy. This guy's got a couple Super Bowl rings now. He's been in a great organization. He's got a great coaching staff. He's the preeminent. He's the preeminent defensive coordinator in the NFL right now. So think about what Kansas City has. They have the best D coordinator in the NFL, and they have the best head coaching play caller in the NFL. That's significant. Okay, which means what? You're never going to outcoach them. You're never going to outcoach Kansas City, and you're never going to outprepare them. So you can't like. When, when folks go like this, oh, there were only a handful of three and outs in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. That's too many. You can't beat. You're not on the same thinking process. Your coaching staff compared to the Eagle coaching or to the chief coaching staff in Philly is night and day. It's JV varsity. You're not going to have more three and outs in Kansas City and beat Kansas City. You're just not. Your coordinator on defense is in training wheels. Your offensive coordinator in Philadelphia is in training wheels. You got two of the greatest coaches in NFL history in Kansas City. You're not beating that team unless you play A-plus and error-free football. You can't put the ball on the ground and have a scoop and score. Here's how the Eagles lost that game. Reed had his best coaching In the second half of that Super Bowl, you had a scoop and score, and you had too many three and outs in the second half. And they beat you and came back from 10 down. You can't do that to them. And and get this, once again, and you had the better team. Okay? And you had a better team. Can't do that to them. You can't. Philly goes four by four, says Sills. All that said, Sills, Eagles had the game won. They were outcoached. They were outcoached in the back end of that game. Philly, you were never with, with three and outs and a scoop and score. You're not beating them. You're not beating that team. That's how you have to play against... And they're inferior to you in a lineup. If you took the top 10 Eagles and the top 10 Kansas City Chiefs, I guarantee you, everyone to a man would go, I'll take the Eagles. But when you have Spagnola and you have Reed and you have Mahomes, you're not beating that. Callie Green goes three points. You're not beating that. You've played him two times in a row. Your quarterback has put up bigger numbers than Mahomes, and you were still run off the field. 
in the first, he ran for 238 yards at your barn. He outcoached you in that game, and Reed outcoached you in the second half of the Super Bowl. You're not beating them. Three points. Dude, all you need is one. All you need is one point. You don't need 50 points. You need one. Not three. One to win a ball game. Beaten. The coaching staff is superior. And they beat you two years in a row. Like I said yesterday, that dumbass comment by Dallas Goddard, if we played 10 times in a row, um, they'd win 10 out of 10. Well, is that from now? Or are you excusing the last two times you played them? One of the absolute stupidest comments that an Eagle player has made in the offseason was that guy. Dude, shut up. They've beaten you two years in a row. And in one of those games, they beat you in your barn and they beat you at your own game. They ran the ball. Give me a break. (laughs) That's reality. That's not fantasy. That's reality. Jam says that comment was taken out of context when someone says if we played them 10 out of 10, we'd beat them. Yeah, okay. Sure it was. All right. Matt Nagy now takes over for Eric Bieniemy. Matt Nagy's a good play caller. He's just, well, he was the NFL coach of the year up in Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky had a winning record, but it's Chicago. You're not going to succeed as a coach in Chicago. Matt Eberflus will be fired at the end of this year. Okay? He'll be fired at the end of this year. So to be a head coach right now in Chicago or being a, the two things you don't want to be in Chicago is a coach or a quarterback because you have no chance of success. Okay? So Nagy now will get another opportunity. It'll be status quo. Go get me a cup of coffee. He'll help design the offense. He'll be on the sidelines when Mahomes comes over to the uh, sidelines and they'll go over on the tablet what he's seeing. Reed will come over and go, what do you like? It'll, it'll, it'll probably be status quo. Nothing will change. The, the, there's no different voices in his ear. And I'm talking Mahomes. So the offense would still stay on par. They, they led the National League in scoring and in yardage a year ago with lesser players and went 14-3. and three. Can you imagine that? So you couldn't put – I don't think they had a 1,000-yard wideout. Did they, Tone? They, they didn't have a 1,000-yard – wait a minute. So you guys had 2,000-yard wideouts? They had none. And got to the Super Bowl and won it. That shows you how much the gap is between him and Hurts. That guy doesn't need playmakers. He is the playmaker. He's the playmaker. He needs the tight end and read. That's all he needs. That's why that guy, and by the way, it's not just Jalen that that gap is wide. I think the gap is so wide from him to every other quarterback in the league, it's wider than when Brady and Manning were in the league at the same time. 
you know, you could go back and forth a couple of years and go, man, Manning may have been better. That's never been the case here. And it's not as great as Burrow is. And Burrow's beaten him. I still think the kid Mahomes is just head and heels better. He's just a better player. And that gap is so wide, man. Like, it's closer between two and nine and two and ten in the top ten quarterbacks than it is between one and two. Am I wrong? That guy is, I mean, his resume, five years in a row, you're in the conference title game. You've got three NFC, you got three AFC championship rings, two Super Bowl rings. I don't know what else to say. And you got the record for the most passing yards and the touchdowns are incredible. What else is there to be said? I mean, unbelievable. And by the way, Veach didn't find him. It was John Dorsey. So Veach and Reed don't get credit for him. It was John Dorsey that set that up and did the evaluation on Patrick Mahomes. Nobody saw this when he was at Texas Tech. You know, they thought he was a project when he came out, if you remember right. Threw a, threw a lot. Didn't, I don't think they won anything down there. Did, hey, did Mahomes ever have a winning record at Texas Tech? I don't even know if he had a winning record. That They, they just didn't win a lot. And so when he came into the league, everyone was like, ah, he's really athletic. You know, that's code for, well, he's a project. You see, there's a difference between being Patrick Mahomes and Anthony Richardson. I don't think shit Anthony Richardson. Mahomes, you kind of saw that he had an arm. Okay? 85 goes, Dan, do you think the Chiefs defense is the weak link this year? No, because the coordinator will figure it out. Get this. Figure this out. And and it's, it's a great question. Okay? It's a great question. But understand this. You had the shittier coordinator in that Super Bowl, but the more talent. Kansas City had the lesser talent and the better coordinator. Coaching matters in the NFL, and it mattered in the Super Bowl. They overcame some of their deficiencies. They started two rookie corners against you versus your experienced corners who ran into one another. That was coaching. That's coaching. When you got corners and DBs running into each other in the fourth quarter because they're doing crossing routes on you, and you can't pick it up or figure it out, that's coaching. That's coaching. When you got guys running into another. Okay? Totally. Um, I don't see... Chuck goes, I don't see the Chiefs taking a step back on D. They let a few guys go who played over their heads and in the Super Bowl. Chuck, I would say that they got a couple defensive um, edge rushers in there that got to step up a little bit as well. That's right. Jeffy, six rookies on defense beat the Eagles and their great offense, supposedly. Six rookies. Six rookies were on defense and they stopped you. It's the quarterback and the coaches. You don't want to admit it. Your coaching staff was... JV in that game was JV. Every position you had better. 
except tight end and quarterback and coach. You had a better defense. You had better pass rushers. You had a better group of corners. You had a better running back. You had a superior line. Didn't matter. You got beat. Didn't matter. They outcoached you. And you made mistakes in the game. And now we're hearing excuses in the game. Um, here's the one thing I will say, though, about Kansas City. Here, here, here's, here's the one thing I will say about KC. I don't see a ton of depth. Elaine, how are you? Thank you. I don't see a ton of depth that they have on them. So how much... How many losses can they sustain on defense if guys go down? Mahomes can only throw you out of trouble so much. Okay? They're, they're not an exceptionally deep team. Um, it's clearly the quarterback and tight end show. There's no question that the Chiefs will be the number one offense in the NFL again, barring any injuries. And I think if they can keep that in the top 10, Chiefs are going to be a Super Bowl contender once again. And personally, in my opinion, I think they're going to have a tougher putt in the AFC. It's going to be tougher to win the AFC than the Super Bowl this year, and I've said that. Um, you got to go through a bunch of great quarterbacks this year in the AFC. It's about 13, 14 deep and teams that you're going to have to really have your A game all the time and plus – you're the hunted now because you are the one with the bullseye on your chest. You've been that way for five years, but they've handled it. Andy Reid has been a better coach since he left um, Philadelphia. He wouldn't have made the Hall of Fame with what he did in Philly. But what he's added to what he did in Philly, he is a slam dunk now. 22 what it is now, postseason wins. I think he's second all time to Belichick. Belichick's got 34. Can he catch him? Maybe. Um, I think Andy, with this quarterback, has learned to be patient. Mahomes had to be patient. I I don't think Andy has a structure of an offense in Kansas City. You know know what? Would you agree, Tone, after watching Andy Reid, the way he coached? There were more guardrails in Philadelphia for McNabb than there are in my opinion, for Mahomes in Kansas City. I think Andy lets Mahomes be Mahomes. I think you kind of put some guardrails on McNabb um, because one thing I wish McNabb did more, I thought McNabb should have ran even later in his career. But McNabb started, he stopped running, and that was a key component of his game early on. But as he got older, he stopped running. And I think that took a little bit away from him in his game in Philadelphia. And that's when I think Philly started coming back a little more was that he took that component where teams weren't so afraid any longer um, of him getting out in the perimeter. McNabb early on in his early part of his career, he was awesome in getting out in the perimeter and running on on, on the run and throwing on the run. He was like Rodgers, man. He had a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him. But then that went away. And there's no doubt. I agree with Tone. I think Mahomes is bringing the best out of him. You know, the key with Mahomes here is you got to pull him off the ledge. You got to keep him 
kind of controlled a little more. And that's a good thing. Tone says McNabb stopped running because he wanted to dispel the athletic black quarterback stigma. Jesus, so you were worried about social justice instead of winning games? But if I was him, I would have never changed my game. Screw the doubters. Really, what's that got to do with football? That's dumb. I mean, hey, I don't want them to look at me as a black quarterback because I run. What is that? I'm never going to tell Jalen Hurts to stop running. I agree with that philosophy. I want Jalen Hurts just to be as smart as he possibly can and protect himself running. Because Jalen Hurts is not going to win a Super Bowl if he stops running. Okay? Every Eagle fan will tell you we were pissed when McNabb stopped running. You could tell he didn't have the same, you know, pacing on the ball to his game. It's, it's, it's an absolutely true. Dude, hey, Jeffy, when he was at Syracuse and he was torching Miami and he was running around the way he was, I was like this, holy shit, this guy's going to be undefensible. And with reach play calling, I really do believe that they should have did a little more in the wide receiver position. They were great at tight end during his era. Plus you had Westbrook, who was an absolute spectacular player. But I thought your wide receivers, D-Jack was okay. Um, he was a good player. But he wasn't – I mean, if McNabb had the receivers that, that Jalen has right now, that would have been a different story, and McNabb's career would have been different if they would have had that kind of talent during his time, in my opinion. And he did get hurt. Um, he did. Sills, come on and try to understand McNabb like most black quarterbacks wanted to see the great athlete. Philly, it's true. You're right. That's why I always start with this one, Philly. I never say this about a black quarterback because anybody who always does this when they're evaluating somebody like Anthony Richardson, okay, to me, is he smart? And to me, Jalen Hurts is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the National Football League. I don't think the guy in Buffalo is all that smart. Because if he was, he wouldn't be taking the pounding he's taking. I don't think that guy in Buffalo is that smart. At times, I don't think Lamar Jackson's that smart. Dude, I want to play 17 games. I got to be there 17 weeks. Winning first down, hey, getting a first down is not as important as me lining up next week. That's not as important. And, and, and by the way, Look, you're, you're, you're listening to an Italian guy and a white guy give a white guy's perspective on that notion. It's a fair comment. It's a fair comment. But the highest paid players in the game today, the majority are all African-American. So we're, not, we're, we're beyond this now. At least in the context of can people play the position like the racist comments and racist views people had back in the day about black quarterbacks. When you're paying people, that stuff goes away. Because at the end of the day, follow the money. Okay? This comes down, and, and I get it. Hey, I don't want anyone to think because if I'm running, that means they think that I'm just a black quarterback because I'm an athlete. No, no, man. It's about winning ball games. But look at – look that's wasted. That's wasted energy. Okay? 
Look at look at Lamar. I mean, look at JM. Lamar isn't smart because he's black. Who said that? He's not smart because he gets banged up. Holy cow. Dude, stop talking to me. I'm going to bar your ass. Who ever... That's the kind of shit that people post that make things up. Did you ever hear me say that the reason that Lamar Jackson was not good was because he's black? (laughs) I said he's not smart because he doesn't think about playing the next week. I feel bad for you, dude. If you've been on here watching me all these years, okay, and you've been listening to me, and you thought that that I said that, I, I, I'm not going to have a conversation with you again because that's not something you and I will ever. I feel bad now because you know why, JM? That's not cool. All right. Let's get into the Eagle offensive line. Okay? Yesterday, we talked about the cornerback position. And I gave you guys kudos on being the best room, I think, in the National Football League. Okay? Let's do this. The Eagle offensive line. This is going to be an absolute... Okay, JM. It's all good. I got I get sensitive on that, JM. You have to excuse me because people make things up. JM, all good. I don't mean to single you out like that. I get a little sensitive on that. Okay? Neil Wright. Let's hey JM, let's all move on. Okay? Big smiles. All right. This is gonna sound like a love fest. Are you guys ready? This is going to sound like a love fest. Here we go. And how many guys did I write down here? You know how Italians get. (laughs) That's the, hey, that's the best one, Quan. You know how Italians get. Very well done, Quan. Very well done. JM, we are totally cool. We are totally cool. You bring a lot to my show every day. We're good, okay? We know you love Josh Allen. I think he's a dumbass. That guy's not smart. Get down, son. Duck. Get down. Learn to play on Monday. Well, he did play all the games last year, but, dude, that's not going to last. Okay. The Eagle offensive line and we're 14 days out. Thank you, Rob. All good, man. Um, and we've been going over the rooms. Here's the Eagle O-line. Lane Johnson. Exceptional athlete. Hands, feet. Um, all the intangibles. Slides his feet well. Smart. Gifted and patient. Absolutely great in strength. 
he, he's one of the best right tackles I've seen in the last 25 years. And I'm going to make a comparison to you guys. Okay? I think that Lane Johnson reminds me of Bruce Matthews. How many people believe that Lane Johnson could probably play every position in the O-line? Guard, any one of them, left tackle. He could probably play center even if you had to. He's so good, man. One of the And when you watch him week in and week out, here's a guy that could probably give you snaps on defense. He's so gifted. I mean, do, um, wow. There, there's not any more you could say. And he's a Bruce Matthews type player. Hey, hey, Quan. JM, you, you could probably put him at tight end and he could probably excel at it. He's just so gifted. Right tackle, best in the sport. That says a lot. Jason Kelsey, undersized, smart, and a complete effort guy. He plays every single – when you put the 22 on and you put on game film and you watch Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey plays the game like every single play is the last play of his career. He slips and scoops. He gets up on linebackers. He gets to the third level. He's not a, he, he, he's not the biggest guy on the planet, but he plays so strong, and he's that raw bone country guy, but he's a technician. Man, he gets up. I just it, he's, he's not as athletic as Kevin Mawai, but I think all the other things that he does, he does better than Mawai. I think he's patient too, especially in pass protection. He knows exactly what's in front of him and not even fronts. He sets the he sends the pass protection. And to me, when you have, do you know why he's one of the most important people the Eagles bring back every year? Do you know how important that is to have a guy like that in front of Jalen Hurts so that Jalen Hurts doesn't have to with all the things that go on in the RPO, you got a guy in the offensive line and Jason Kelsey that that's another component that Jalen doesn't have to have and help setting the pass protection because the center sets the pass protection and Jalen doesn't have to worry about that. That's one less thing for Hertz to have to have in his repertoire when he calls out the sequence of play. He doesn't have to set out even 34, 43. He doesn't have to do any of that because Kelsey takes care of that. He's like having a quarterback in your offensive line. Exceptional, exceptional football player. And a six-round draft choice, unbelievable steal. You found a guy like that in a six-round who's going to Canton? You can't say enough about it, okay? You just can't. Landon Dickerson, left guard, getting better and better and better and better and better every single time he steps on a football field. He's got great feet in traffic. Powerful, has to still be a little more patient. See, I'm giving you how I see as a defensive tackle, how I see your old line, okay? Aggressive. I think Stoutland has to pull him back a little bit and teach him to be a little more patient because he's an aggressive, 
powerful, strong, wants to get in your ass. He's a, he's more athletic than you think, too. I think he's on the heels of becoming one of the best left guards in the NFL. And when Zach Martin calls it a career, you're talking about this guy, the guy. There's a few other guys around the league that are really exceptional left guards. He's right there. And it would not shock me if he breaks out this year where you look at him, he's all pro. Just really fantastic football player and talent. And he's just getting better. Jordan Mulata, left tackle. Excellent, excellent athlete. And I'll say this to you. I think Jordan Mulata may be the best athlete in the O-line. Did you hear what I said? Jordan Mulata just might be the best athlete in the offensive line. Because how do you attribute a guy who's never played football, let alone tackle, let alone tackle and left tackle? How do you account for this? And now he's one of the best left tackles in the sport. And he's only been doing it for three, four years. How do you account for that? He's never put a chin strap on. I mean, this guy's never put, he's never put football cleats on. He's never put shoulder, he probably didn't even know how to put his shoulder pads on. How in the world do you account for that? And for him to play like that? There's, he's the best athlete in the Eagle O line is Jordan Milano. You can't attribute anything to him but his athleticism. It's unbelievable. And he's that way at that size. He's a prototype. Can I tell you who I think he may, you guys may think I'm nuts here, but can I tell you who I see when I see him? I see Jonathan Ogden. I see someone like that. Big, tall, long arms, athletic. He just needs more reps and continues to just play, play, play. He's going to, by the time he's 35, he'll be the best offensive tackle in the game. He is just an absolute insane athlete. I can, I've never seen a guy who's never played organized football in his life become one of the top 10 offensive tackles in three years. It's unheard of. He's never played it. Never played organized football. Went to a camp in Miami. They put pads on him and he even know how to put a helmet on. It's insane. It's insane. He keeps trending this way. He'll be Jonathan Ogden. He's he's like that. Dude, man, what? Get this. So your two tackles are like, could start for the Sixers. That's how athletic they are. Think about that. Your two tackles could play reserve for the Sixers. You could send them in like Lambeer. Tony Baselli, Baselli's not as big. He's not as big as uh, Mulata. And Tony Baselli was a lot like Anthony Munoz. Okay? Munoz, big, technician, strong. The best fundamental left tackle I've ever seen is is, um, Anthony Munoz 
friend of mine. He's the best I've ever seen. And the, the best lineman I've ever seen is Matthews because he could play all five positions, and he did. I think Bruce Matthews was an all-pro at center, guard, and tackle. Very rarely do you see a guy who could do all that. Mike Munchak was a great guard. You know, I see, I, I see a little Landon Dickerson and uh, Mike Munchak. I see a little bit of that. Okay. Hey, 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 Chuck, do you know how great Anthony Munoz was? Anthony Munoz didn't play his last year at Southern Cal. He played one game, the Rose Bowl. Then he was the third pick. He was hurt all the time at Southern Cal, right? Then he went on to play 14 years and was never hurt in Cincinnati. Insane player. Just dominant, big, strong, great guy, whole deal, super teammate. But I, I see him a lot of more in like the Jonathan Ogden. Um, he, he More like in the Jonathan Ogden type, uh, something like that. Okay? Something like that, somewhere in there. Dickerson's really a fine ball player. Cam Jurgens, Little undersized, but that's not his natural position. Right guard. It's not his natural position. Um, tough, strong, aggressive. This is the one thing that they're going to have to coach out of. Hey, you know, when I say this, I hope you understand. What you don't want is this. He's an aggressive guy. And a lot of guys in college are aggressive in the offensive line. What happens when you're aggressive? Okay, follow me here. When you're aggressive and you punch out, the guys today slap arm over, slap rip, because they'll tug, pull, rip when you're lunging. If you're a lunger, you can't do that to Quentin Williams. He'll shake you like a bag of rice. Okay? You got to be patient. And you got to sit there. Now, right guard's different than left guard because that's your run-dominant side. So he could afford to be a little bit more aggressive on that side. But don't lunge. Because these defensive tackles, Tone and I were talking, these defensive tackles today, man, they'll grab your shirt and jersey and they will shake you like a bag of rice. And they'll shake the change out of your pocket. And they'll get around you and over you because they're that athletic today. So you can't be lunging like that. It's going to be interesting to see, okay? It's going to be interesting to see how he plays because I think the other kid, Tyler Steen, that they drafted, I think he's more fundamentally set up to be that. But first on Jurgens, I think Jurgens is a good football player. And I think that he's going to have an opportunity to probably be the starter in there. And as mentioned, Tyler Steen. He's your future right tackle, in my opinion. Um, really a good athlete, not aggressive. And could that help him in the pros more than it helped him in college? Probably. That's the big thing in fundamental teaching that you have to do with college guys that were at dominant programs like Alabama and Georgia. You know what that is? You got to teach that aggressiveness because you go against lesser players sometimes and you can beat the shit out of them. But when you're in the NFL, these guys have all the games, they have all the tricks, and you can't be that aggressive like that. So that could play into him. He's a Bama kid, means he was well coached. So he gets it. It's going to be interesting to see. Give him some reps. I'd like to see him get a ton of reps in the, in the preseason or in the organized team activities. I think he could be a pretty good football player. So let's see how he 
matriculates into um, Jeff Stoutland's plans. I get Jack Driscoll here. I know there's other guys, but I stopped at Driscoll. He's a Swiss Army knife. You could play him at guard, tackle, and the re- get this. The Eagles decided to stick with Jack Driscoll over Andre Dillard because you know why? He had the ability to show latitude in playing other positions where Dillard didn't. Dillard pushed back on playing other positions. Jack Driscoll has a job with the Eagles because, look, he's not the greatest player, but you know what he is? Jack Driscoll could probably start on 65% of the NFL teams in the league today. Always put that in perspective when you're talking Eagles and the O-line. This guy could start on pretty much every single team in the NFC East. He could start pretty much on any team in the NFC. Around the league, probably 65 to 70% of the teams he could start. And when you're being coached the way he's been coached, Jack Driscoll is an important part of this depth here with the Eagles. So here's how I look at this. This is what the Eagles do. Plus you have Stoutland, the best coach in the NFL. So you have the best position coach in franchise history at any position. Coaching the best group in the NFL. It's really not close. The Philadelphia Eagles, once again, had the best offensive line, the best depth, the best coach, the best formula, the best coaching, the best player development at this position and this room of any team in the league. And I will say this to you. If Kansas City has the best quarterback and it's not close to the second guy, the the Philadelphia Eagles have the best offensive line group and it's not close. There's not another group in the league that's this close. Detroit has a good group. I think Cleveland's good. Um, Ravens are not bad. They got a good group. Not like this. There's just, it's not close. I don't think. Okay. Now, they were fortunate a year ago because they had a lot of depth. Dillard not being in there, because when you have Dillard and Jack Driscoll as your backups, Look at the deal that Dillard just got with the Titans. Um, it's a great group. Yeah, well, JM goes to the Packers. Yeah, but Bakhtiari's always hurt JM, and is he going to be ready for even training camp? Bakhtiari's a great tackle. He surely is. But is he going to be ready for camp? You know? Yeah, Quan, Dean, um, Steen has short arms. That's probably why they're putting him over at right guard. Okay? It's it's really a sensational group. So look what we've done here in two days. Eagles have the best cornerback room, in my opinion, in the NFL. And they got the best offensive line in the National Football League. Premium positions in the league that you have to have to win ball games. A fabulous job by Howie. A fabulous job by everybody in the organization bringing talent in player development I mean you can afford to move off of Andre Dillard and you're developing guys it's really great it's a fabulous fabulous job it's just and you know me I'm not much on that kind of stuff but 
I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said anything. If I said anything, but if I said anything different, okay. If I said anything different, all right. Hour number two, Philly Five Hundred will join us at four thirty. Um, I I, I want to hit on. I want to hit a little bit more on the Chiefs, okay. I want to hit a little bit more on the Chiefs and also too a little bit on Saquon Barkley too. By the way. So think about it like this. For the past decade, the Eagles have had weak quarterbacks and wide receiver rooms. How he has flipped that on his head. Absolutely. And when you take into account, Tone, that in the Super Bowl, 17 of the 22 guys that took the field that night were drafted. You talk about changing your draft and how people look at you as a drafter. When 17 of 22 starters are NFC champions, and you're three points away or four points away from winning a Super Bowl? I don't know. That's a job well done. Hour two, keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. This John Gruden story is going to be an enormous story because it could hold up the sale of the commanders with Josh Harris. Um, and I think it's going to. And I do. And it backfired on Daniel Snyder. You went after John Gruden with emails between and correspondence between him and Bruce Allen, who is so well-connected that there's emails that I'm sure John and Bruce, I get this guys. I have emails between Bruce Allen and John Gruden and Bob, Bob Passwater and Chris Sullivan. Do you know who they are? Do you guys know who Bob Bashan and Chris Sullivan are? They're the founders of Outback who sponsor John Gruden. The Outback Bowl, why do you always think that John Gruden, the only bowl game he ever called, remember, with Mike Tirico, was the Outback game. He lived in Tampa, and Bob Passwater, here. Bob Passwater and Chris Sullivan, who started P.F. Changs, um... Outback, Carabas, they started all these. And they own Leroy Salmons. And these guys are friends of mine. I went back and looked. I've got email correspondence between Bruce Allen, the president of the Buccaneers, and then the president of the Washington Gretzkins, that we're talking about coaches all over the league. This is going to get as nasty as it can be. I should, you know, I'm not going to get involved in it, but I could post some of these emails too. And there's emails with Brian Billick on it. There's emails with Mike Holmgren. There's emails with Raider personnel, Ken Herrick. There's all kinds of emails with pretty harsh language. So you really, as an NFL, want John Gruden to really go out. I've got about 50 emails. He must have about 5,000. Do you really want to see those emails out in public with how other people see other people and the shit talking and the goofing that they have on on someone else? Do you really want to see that? You want to know something else that's really fishy about this? Now I know why Daniel Snyder never had. Do you know Daniel Snyder doesn't have an email? Daniel Snyder has no email. And it's for this prime reason. There's no paper trail that goes back to Daniel Snyder. It's actually by direction. And then you can debate whether or not he said it to them or not. He has no email. He has no correspondence with any email at all. He never had one as the owner of the Washington Redskins. Never had one. And so what they thought was, and Roger Goodell, here's the problem that Goodell faces. I know the story behind the scenes. Here's, this, here, here's where all this is. 
Okay? Here's what all this is. So, Snyder thought that he was going to railroad where he, wait, they were, they were coming on him for not having a good work environment. So what he did was he sent these emails to Roger Goodell to run cover. So Roger Goodell and the front office, in my opinion, leaked these emails to the New York Times. And what it did was it ran cover. What happened in that process? Bruce Allen told me this. And you guys know I'm dear friends with Bruce Allen. What happened in that process? Don't you remember? Somehow the National Football League gave the ability to Daniel Snyder to buy up all the minority owners. And I'm talking minority share owners. And how are you under investigation for not having a healthy work environment when you took Jerry Richardson's team away in Carolina and you gave Daniel Snyder full autonomy to buy out the minority shareholders? which he did. He bought them all out and he's a sole owner. Now, because of litigation, Daniel Snyder's people are putting it out. We're, I don't know. Can, can you really buy a team that's under investigation with the federal government and trade issues right now? Now, know this. Roger Goodell, this is why he makes $70 million a year. Under the direction of Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, then when Paul Allen was alive, they were backing Daniel Snyder the whole time. Well, then it came out the work environment. Advertisers were complaining FedEx was going to pull title sponsorship away from the team. And Bruce Allen resigned. They thought that they were going to pin this on Bruce Allen. There was a confidentiality agreement signed by Bruce Allen and the Redskins. And so in that process, everyone thought it was going to stop and the buck would stop at Bruce. Bruce was a scapegoat in this. Well, when the emails came out, what is the one thing that Bruce Allen and John Gruden are? They're thick as thieves. These two guys are dear friends. Bruce was the general manager of the Bucks. And he also worked with the Raiders when Gruden was out there as the offensive, when Gruden got the job out there. Bruce was the capologist. And the first thing that happened when Bruce Allen got the job in Washington, he was going to give the job to, get this, he was going to give the job to John Gruden. How do you think Jay Gruden got the job? Doesn't, are people tying that in? How did Jay Gruden become the head coach of the Washington Redskins. Jay Gruden, do you know what he was? He was an arena football league coach for the Orlando Predators. How did he get that job? Bruce Allen and John Gruden petitioned him. Guess who was on that staff? Sean McVay. Sean McVay went to John Gruden and Bruce Allen and said, you don't want to stay here and recommended him to stay in Kroenke. That's how he got the Ram job. John Gruden was offered the Ram job first. He turned it down. He was still working for ESPN. Okay. This thing's going to get ugly. I'm going to be very shocked if that team on July 20th gets sold to Josh Harris. 
Okay, I'll be shocked. Hey, you know what's funny? <clears throat> Zach says that Jay Gruden was garbage. Well, wait a minute here. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and um, Matt LaFleur were on that coaching staff. Wasn't that bad? Don't forget Philly 500 at the bottom of the hour. This John Gruden, hey, John Gruden is a very, 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 very over-the-top guy. Is John Gruden racist? Bro, you can't call yourself this. You can't say this. I'm not a racist, but yet you have private correspondence going back and forth with racist names and words on it and depictions of Demore Smith. I hate Demore Smith too, but fat lip black guy is not going to cut it. In a correspondence with the president of the Washington Redskins, who's already an organization that has racial undertones with it because of Jack Kent Cook, you can't be doing that. You got to have some common sense about yourself. You know things like that, especially in that kind of business, man. You put a paper trail like that out. John Gruden did this to himself. Now, Roger Goodell thinks that he's clear in the he's he's clean of this. Okay, he thinks he's clean of this. He's not, because what you did was. You thought you would throw racism and use it as an angle to help Daniel Snyder. Think about what this is. Hey, Tone, I know you don't like John Gruden, but tell me if you don't think that this is even more. The the NFL and the commissioner use racism to try to cover up for Daniel Snyder's poor way of how he ran his business and all the illegal activities that he had going on in his business where he was hiding numbers and taking more profits. Remember something, it's a profit-sharing league. Everybody shares. That's how that league has grown. So he threw racism out as a way to try to distract. That's not the true context of what you're trying to do when you're trying to uncover racism. You don't use it for a means to an end. That's what the league did. Oh, everyone will jump on this. Like they jumped on Drew Brees taking a knee. And the commissioner's guilty of this. He used racism to take you off the story of Snyder himself. That's the hypocrisy of this. I'm not giving John Gruden a pass, but John Gruden's going to get paid. John Gruden is not only going to get his $60 million, he's probably going to get another $100 million. And they're going to have to pay him $170 to $200 million, quarter of a billion dollars to go away because of the league's behavior. And does that team get sold? You know, if the league wanted to do anything with any kind of balls, they should give it to Jay-Z and a group. But they ain't doing that. Dude, they thought, well, John Gruden, remember how that story was? John Gruden's the biggest racist and everybody stopped talking about Snyder. Well, 
Bruce Allen and John Gruden are not going to let that die. He's winning cases in court. He's beating the NFL right now, Gruden. Because the facts are on his side. Hey, John may have said that, but the league enabled it. That's where this is. <laughs> you're, 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 not, you're not giving John Gruden a pass. Because I don't want him coaching my team either. I, I, I'm not, I don't want... I don't want my um, my black players on my team coming to me going, why are you having – I don't want that. We're in this together, and I'm not putting people in my building to upset half my building if they got a problem. I would have a problem. I would have a problem if my players came to me and there was a collection of black players came to me. Dan, we can't have this, and I'd be like, you're right. You can't. You got to be in this together here. It's just too much noise. It's bullshit. You don't need it. You know what I mean? It's just bullshit. However, this shows you how shitty the commissioner is. When that guy says that he's got the player's best interest, no, he doesn't. This guy's got, this guy's got the 32 NFL owners' best interest, and he always will. That's what he's paid to do. He's not paid for the integrity of the game. You think that's integrity? Do you actually think that's integrity using racism to try to take you off and ha- get the smell off of Snyder, who's a complete scumbag. So he used black athletes and racism to take you off the scent of Snyder. Read that ESPN story. That's exactly what it entails. <laughs> Dude, Al Davis, if he were alive, this would have never happened on his watch. He hated John Gruden. Every time I bring this up with Amy Trask, you know what she says on Twitter? Please, Dan, leave me out of this. He hated him. And for the son to bring him back, Al must have spun in his grave a hundred billion times. Al hated John Gruden and Bruce Allen. He knew that those two guys were always conniving and backstabbing to get where they wanted. Al hated him. I used to have three-hour conversations with Al Davis. Fudgy would call me his personal assistant. She would call me and say, Dan, Coach Davis wants to talk. And we'd sit for three hours, and he'd be asking me and telling me all kinds of shit that Gruden did with Bruce Allen and the Raider organization. His Lamont, his agent, is another one that is not a very good and trustworthy guy. Okay. Just telling you, I know the whole story in the back. I know what's going on. It's Bruce Allen that's doing all this. Make 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 no mistake about it. Okay? It's Bruce Allen. All right. One of my favorite people. Oh, by the way, Bob Passwater and... Um, Chris Sullivan, great guys. Started Outback Steakhouse. And my good friend Leroy Salmons. Um, still friends with those guys to this day. Really great guys. All right. We're 14 days out from the start of training camp. Let's bring our boy Philly 500 in. So, is there too much talk going on right now about what happened in the Super Bowl, in your opinion? And we're now starting to hear it a little bit from even Eagle guys. 
Uh, yes and no. Um, to me, I think, like, up until training camp starts, like, you could c- kind of talk about all this kind of stuff because there's nothing else to talk about. But once once training camp starts, once they report, I mean, I think I, I think it's you got to stop talking about. It. The only thing that I think is worth talking about really is this Jonathan Gannon thing because I think that was such a scandal that has been going unreported. I think the NFL covered it up. I don't think the Eagles got enough compensation, and I, I think that was kind of a bigger scandal than than we've been led to believe. I would say this to you more than the field, absolutely, because at the end of the day. Um, him out house hunting and doing all that and working with the Bidwells when he was out there, I, I there's no question. Philly, I mean, and, and, and like you said, when you hear prepared statements from the league and from the team and they all collide with one another in the same language, you know that there was conversation with the league here and they didn't want anybody to really make more of the story than what they did. And I think that the Eagles and the NFL controlled the story. They did. I mean, think about when it was released. It was literally released that the Eagles had settled with Cardinals over compensation 10 minutes before the draft started. Nobody even knew what the compensation was. Nobody even knew what it was about. They put it out there right before the draft so that it would just go away. Then think about when Howie was interviewed on Pro Football Talk and he was like, didn't want to answer the question. I think they made the Eagles take the compensation. I think they made them quiet it out, be quiet about the whole situation. And I do think that was a bigger scandal than anything else. I mean, the field was bad and all that we know, but I mean, that was something I think, I think they covered it up. That's just my theory though. I want I want to throw this at you. Quentin Williams, you see the contract he got today, $96 million. I just saw it before I came on. Yeah, I just saw it. So here's a guy that had 12 sacks last year, 55 tackles, an absolute terror. That to me, and again, in his first year, two and a half sacks, mm-hmm. this to me is what you're wanting Jalen Carter to look like. You're hoping that Jordan Davis also has these spurts the same way Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams was the third pick in the draft mm-hmm. out of Alabama. You're hoping, again, for these type of numbers here. This guy's been around 55 tackles and around seven to nine sacks. This last year he had 12 and he's all pro. That's what you need to get from these two players that you have drafted the last two years. Yeah. I think I think that's about right. I think so. I, I mean, I see I see Carter as being more the double digit sack guy in his career, and I see Davis, um, you know, being more of a, a big run stopper. But I still think Davis should be able to get you five, seven sacks a year. I think that's acceptable, and I think Davis, I think uh, Carter should be double digits. You know, I'm going over the offensive line room this um, this day, and we we went over it in the first hour here. And I'll put this out there to you about Lane Johnson. Is Lane Johnson the best offensive lineman that you've seen in Philadelphia since you've been following the team and rooting for the team? Mm, That's a really good question. Best offensive lineman. Because Kelsey's up there. I think about Trey Thomas back in the day. Um, I liked Runyon, although he wasn't drafted by the Eagles. Yeah, you know what? Well, then you got you got Jason Peters too. I mean, I think Jason Peters is probably the best offensive lineman at this point. But so in the last twenty three years, you would say Jason Peters. 
yeah, off the top of my head, Jason Peters, I would say one. But, but, but by the time it's all finished, it may be Lane Johnson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It could be. And Kelsey's up there, too. You know, I think both those guys are, are some of the better offensive linemen we've ever seen. You know, back in, like, the Randall's days, they, their offensive line stunk. They got good under um, Andy Reid. But I still think that this offensive line that we're seeing now, the guys, especially the combination when you had Peters, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, I think those are some of the best offensive linemen we've ever had. I said this about Jordan Mulata. I think he's the best athlete in the offensive line. Because, I mean, think about what they did with this guy, Philly. This guy couldn't put a helmet on, didn't know how to put shoulder pads on three years ago. And now mm -hmm. he's one of the 10 best tackles in the game. Yeah. I compared him. I see a potential Jonathan Ogden here. If he continues to grow and all he needs to do is play. Can you think about I can't think in the history of the sport, Philly, where a guy never picked up organized football and did it his entire life, and he puts pads on three years ago, it's unprecedented yeah. on what they've got here with this kid. It's unbelievable. Give me your take on Mulata. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember when they drafted him in the seventh round, we were all like, who's that? And then you saw his rugby highlights. And everybody was like, let's just put the guy at fullback and let him run the ball. Let's see what he could do. But, you know, he developed over over the years. And um, I remember, I'll never forget his first preseason. Um, and uh, I think it was... Uh, Oh, who I forget who was calling. I forget who was calling the game, but they were watching a preseason and they were like, you know, uh, I think it was Baldinger. And he was like, this kid has tremendous talent. This is the first time he's actually been in on games. He just needs time to develop. And uh, you knew he had the physical ability and the talent, but you didn't know how quickly he could adjust to the game. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't remember anybody ever doing anything like that. I can't think of it. Maybe did Christian Okoye come over late? Was he a late? Chris, Christian Okoye went to um, yeah. like some some California school, Pacific something. I forget yeah. what it was. And but, he picked the game up very late. I think when he got to college. But yeah. he, he at least got acclimated yeah. to American yeah. football. This guy had yeah. never. Yeah, I can't think of anybody that, that's done that. Yeah. Landon Dickerson, have you been impressed with what his development has been since he's been an Eagle, because it seems to me every time he gets on the field, he gets better. I mean, by the season's end, I was shocked how good he was. I mean, of all the guys that's in there, he's aggressive. 
great feat. I think you're looking at a guy who's going to be a perennial all pro once Zach Martin leaves. I was impressed when they mentioned his name, what his name is. Landon Dickerson. I mean, that's a pretty good name. So I, I thought he was going to be a start of a player or expected it at the very beginning. But he, he's he been fantastic. I, I think he's at least at least a top three left guard in football. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be the best. But I'm very, very impressed with him. Absolutely. Cam Jerkins, what's your expectations on him? I My expectations is that he starts at right guard. And that he's 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 going to be pretty good, um, but I don't know, I don't know. Like you know, when when Landon Dickerson was drafted, he was drafted as a center. They moved him to left guard, and he was so good. They're like, well, we just can't move this guy. I I wonder if they'll be able to move him back to center if they put him at right guard, and he's really really successful. But I mean, from what we saw of of Jurgens last year, I mean, he looks like he's got all the talent in the world too. Um, maybe he's got to get a little bigger, I guess, but. Um, I'm expecting him to be at least a good quality starter this year at right guard. Do you think that that's a concern going into camp? Who wins that job? Or do you think they're pretty cool with the talent that they got with this kid, Steen? Driscoll's kind of the Swiss Army knife guy that could kind of go around. If, if it was any other coach other than Stoutland, I would be worried. But the fact that he he's there... I trust what he's doing. I, I'm not concerned at all. Um, I want, and since you we mentioned Nick Sirianni here, do you think he's going to be more like Andy Reid, or do you think he's going to be more like Doug Peterson? You think he has a long coaching career like Andy? Do you think mm. Nick is going to be in a conversation where it's a short run, arguably one of the most successful runs in Eagle history is with Doug? Um. Where where do you fall, or do you think he falls maybe in the middle somewhere? I think I think all right. I think he's going to be long term. Wow! So you long-term. think he's a ten plus yeah. guy? Yeah, and and he, because I believe this is just my theory, but I believe he's the Howie Whisperer. All right. If if, if and, and here's my theory. So the Pied Piper. Look, if you look at a lot of these guys that have been with Howie before they, they get in, they have arguments, they have problems with him, things like that. It seems like to me, Nick Sirianni is very, is, is very fine with Howie in the role he has. It seems like they get along. And I believe he knows how to talk to Howie Roseman in a way that he gets the players he wants. So I think because they get along and they fit, I think he's there long-term. Here, here's a concern that I have that we saw in the Super Bowl. So I, we were previewing and talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, lesser football team, and they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They've got arguably, and Steve Spagnoli, which happens to be a Jim Johnson disciple, um, as coordinator, and I think he ran circles around the coaching staff of a year ago, especially in the second half, and you've got Andy Reid, and you've got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you look at the coaching staff once again, don't you agree, Philly? Anytime that you got into super big games or games against elite quarterbacks, for whatever reason, in two years, I mean, the most elite quarterback they beat, okay, they beat Rodgers. They never have beaten Dak. Um, if you want to go Cousins, sure, okay. But there's no signature win against really any of those type of guys because they've been out coached in games like that. Yeah, or, but, uh, or or am I not looking at it right? I I I do 
I don't disagree with you, but I I don't think it's a product of of Nick Sirianni and and the offense. I think it's a product of the defense and Jonathan Gannon and what he was doing. The the offense still scored thirty five points in the Super Bowl. You scored thirty five points in the Super Bowl. You should win the game. You should win the game. I I th- I don't think that the Eagles. I can't, I can't remember the Eagles really struggling too much offensively last year. They seemed like even at times where they had you know, to make adjustments. They did that offensively, but defensively, never. You had you had quarterbacks with the 88% completion percentages against Jonathan Gannon. I, I think the problem was Gannon. Now, maybe Nick Sirianni doesn't touch the defense too much or he's not that involved, but I, I really look at that as a defensive problem, not offensive. But see, here, here here's one way on the other side, though, when you're looking at the offense. To beat someone like Mahomes and Reed, you can't have three three and outs, and you can't have a scoop and score. You've got to play flawless yeah. against those kind of guys. Yeah. You 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 can't. You can do that against Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. You can do that against Cooper Rush. But the schedule this year, you can't have, especially as we're getting ready. Look, I think. Don't you agree that that defense will probably be ready to come out of the oven week eight? It'll be done. Yeah. You think around week eight, so yeah. they got to hold the fort down on that side of the yeah. ball. Yeah, I agree. Until with that. until dinner's ready by week eight for that defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. But but from everything I've seen with with Nick Sirianni, from even his rookie year as a head coach, he he's always made the adjustments that they've had to make. I mean, even when they came out throwing his rookie year and it wasn't working, and they became a run first offense. I, I believe that he adjusts and that he learns. So whatever mistakes they met or they made against Andy Reid and that Chiefs, I believe that that they'll learn from it. Because even think about this, if we remember early on in the year, one of the big criticisms we had with the Eagles was that they were coming out and they were getting these huge leads and they couldn't put teams away. They didn't know how to do it. They were destroying Dallas and they couldn't put them away. I really think that um, – they learned how to win at the end of the game. Uh, is a, that it. is absolutely adorable. Come here. What's his Come name? Here. Come here. That's Maximus. His name's That's Maximus. That's fantastic. So you're also an animal guy. I got I got all these cats. I don't know what to do with Sills. No, they, no, no. Let me wife. tell you what I got. You know, my my here. Hey, here's my here's my chores every day. I get up. I make I make coffee. I clean up a puppy pad where my dog takes a dump. Then I gotta go and I gotta feed a cat and I got I got two wait, one I got three cat wait was it is it three, Daffy Jet yeah I got three cats and I got a cat outside I'm feeding, because mm-hmm. of course we're that person too so I'm taking care of like four cats and I get this I'm picking up piss I'm picking up everything <laughs> I'm putting plates down, bro man I'll tell you what that I I feel like a zookeeper I do too my we my kids got. They, they both got cats, a, a girl and, and a boy, and they decided to let them have a litter. So they had a litter, and then, of course, my wife liked two of the kittens in there, and she's like, I got to keep these kittens. I can't get rid of them. So then I have four cats, and then they had this one right here, and he was born. He had a cut on his face, like a huge cut, and Perfect. I didn't think he was going to live, right? I didn't think he was going to live because it was so big, and he was bleeding, and I nursed him 
to health. And I'm like, I can't get rid of him. I call Maximus because he's like the gladiator Maximus from the show. So now I got all these cats. I don't know what to do with. But that's my, he loves me. So that's why he's trying to climb on me. He hasn't seen me all day. How about this one too, man? I tell dudes this. If you ever want to know how to treat a woman, get a cat. Don't get a dog because you can kick a dog in the head. And I don't, of course, because I'm not, I love animals. But the dog will always kiss your ass. You kick, you yeah. kick a cat in the head. That cat will hit Damn your guts, that. never come near you, will run from you for the rest of the life. So if you know how to treat a cat, you know how to treat a chick. That's there just, you go. That, that's just a little life lesson from, from, from big sales here. Hey, two There's last questions. Yeah. Two last questions for you. There's a debate going on in Philadelphia about McNabb. You and I have kind of had this conversation before, but I want to hear you again. So I talked to Jason Cole yesterday about McNabb and being a Hall of Fame guy. You think Donovan McNabb is a Hall of Fame player? No. Why? No. I I think McNabb's borderline. I think he's on the edge, and I think I think he's just outside of it. Because what I think stopped other- him from being a Hall of Fame quarterback? Winning. If he wins a Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. I I, I think I, you know I don't think his statistics were necessary. I mean they weren't bad, but no. I mean you know. I, I, I don't view McNabb as, as a Hall of Famer. And and listen, I'm kind of hard on people. I think they let too many people in to the Hall of Fame already. So I'm coming from that perspective. I think he's borderline on the edge, probably not to get in. He's Eagles Hall of Famer, but as far as the NFL, the Hall of Fame, no, I, I put Randall Cunningham before I put in McNabb. Do you agree that some of the criticism of McNabb, one of the reasons that maybe it hurt him and maybe it hurt him in winning is that he just stopped running later in his career. And he took that one dynamic away that made him, yeah, man, when he came out of Syracuse, Philly, when he came out of Syracuse and he was running around the way he was, he was like Aaron Rodgers in the perimeter, right? Just getting yeah. open. You think that hurt him a little bit? Yeah, I, I think, I think it did somewhat, but I also think to me, what hurt him more was the fact that they did not get him weapons. It took so long for them to get him weapons, and he was playing with guys that weren't that good. James Trash, Todd Stinkston. I mean, these guys stunk. You know, you know, it took him forever to get Terrell Owens, and then and then he goes up and he has a, a pretty good year. I, I like McNabb. I do like McNabb, but I mean, I'm telling you, at least Randall Cunningham. I look at Randall Cunningham and I say, Randall Cunningham changed the way you look at the quarterback position. He did something to change the game. And to me, I look at McNabb and I say, I, I don't know. There are guys who have better numbers than him. And, you know, he's never won. He's never won a Super Bowl. And I think if he wins one, I think he gets in. And I like McNabb. I hate to say it, but that's – I just think he, borderline no. Okay, finally. It, Randall Cunningham, Jalen Hurts with this offense – if you had to win a game, who'd be your starting quarterback? Oh, you can't do this to me. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going. I have to go Randall. I mean, Randall's like my favorite quarterback of all time. So, Look, folks, he's I, turning I, there, red. You can't. There, there's a bias, built-in bias with Randall. I, I, I mean, I'll be first. I'm biased because I, I just, you know, that that was the guy. I was 14, 15 year old. Tone was, right. If you and, have and he, Randall Cunningham in that offense. I believe if they Randall don't lose a game, I believe if Randall Cunningham played in today's NFL and was coached by the be even Mahomes, I think so. I believe so. I believe if Randall Cunningham even had Andy Reid as his coach, 
when he came in. I think the Eagles win three Super Bowls. I, I mean, you know, he was that dynamic. But, I, you know, I don't want to take anything from Hurts because the one thing I think – I do think Hurts has some better qualities in that I think he's a better leader. I think Hurts is more down to earth. I think guys will follow him more. I don't think he's as egotistical. I think for a while Randall got caught up in, the, you know, the ultimate weapon type thing, you know. And, and you know, even some of those defensive players were like, you know, Randall's a little bit too much into his own head. I, I, I think the intangibles Jalen Hurts has, but, but, but from just what Randall could do on the field and what he did at, at the time he did it, uh, I, 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 I believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame because of it. Because he I'll tell you this, Philly. I'll say this last that. thing about, about Randall is that he just never really got any coaching. Right. And yeah. when they tried to coach him, it was too late. It was too late. Exactly. You yeah. know, and then Gruden came, when Gruden came in to Philly as officer, he tried to make him a West Coast quarterback. And, and it, it was like, you know, you, you've seen the terminology and how complex Gruden makes it. It was too much, you know. But if Randall had Andy Reid, even when Randall went to Minnesota, right, and, and he, had, he had Bullock, uh, look at look how he was. Look how he blew he up. Was, you know, um, so to me, Randall was before his time. You know, but but you know, I, I'm I'm very biased. Rand Randall's like my favorite quarterback of all time. You know, I, I just you know a lot him. of people, man, are picking the Cowboys to uh, get to the Super Bowl against the Bengals. That's insane. That th these people <laughs> are insane. That ain't happening. The, the, the Cowboys can't even get out of the, the second round of the playoffs. You know, the the Cowboys they they're going nowhere this year. I you know I, I really think uh, I think they're overrated again. I, I can't wait to sweep them. So is Dak the problem, or is he the problem in Dallas? Or well, if is, you ask Cowboy fans, Dak is he the answer? The problem? No, he's definitely not the answer. But but you know the question is, is he a problem? I I think that Dak. I mean, the guy's been in the league what eight years. He's never gotten out of second round of the playoffs. He's never put his team on his back in the playoffs and, and brought them to victory. I mean, if if Dak Prescott was the quarterback in Philly, we would be killing him right now. We would be killing him right now. But he gets excuse after excuse after excuse in Dallas. Um, I, I don't I'm not worried about Dallas. I, even I can't Grant, wait to beat even, the crap out even of him. McNabb won more than Dak. Yeah, well McNabb did. McNabb went, you know, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but he did go to what three NFC championship games in a five. row. Four. Five. Did he go to five? Yeah. yeah. So geez, five. That's right. One, two, three. Four. He went to five. He went to five conference title games. Wow. I remember the Raiders. I mean, the Rams, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons is four. Yeah, four. And then, geez, then Cardinals. That's right. Five. And you only won one of them. <laughs> Dude, you see, Eagle fan sounds to me like Yankee fan. And here's what I mean by that. Yankees win a World Series or they get far. They do good things. Yeah, but can they do it again next year? That's all I give a shit. I want to know whether or not. And you're like, you guys are never satisfied, man. That's a lot of winning, dude. It Five is. conference title games. Hey, and know, I'm not is. a McNabb fan. But that's no, a is. lot of winning. It is. It is. Uh, it is. I, I mean, listen, I like. I did. I, I used to be the biggest McNabb supporter in the world. I, I, I was. I was the biggest McNabb supporter. Um and then, and then we were, we were. I was watching a game, and it was a tie game versus Cincinnati. True story. And and the Eagles tied Cincinnati. And he got up in a press conference, and he goes, "I didn't know there was ties in the NFL." 
I got so pissed off because, like, how could you not know their ties? I remember that. And and he and he was like, because like, why in overtime you taking your time? Why? Oh, I didn't know there were ties in overtime. It just it was like everything I stuck up for this guy for years. People, it it just that one comment. I felt like I was wrong in everything I did. You know, my dad used to say he was a nine to five guy. That's what he's like. He just seems like he goes there and he goes home and he doesn't put in the extra work. Hey, and, Philly and is tone, right, man? Oh. McNabb, it's just too many times he broke your heart, man. Yeah, he broke my heart a lot. He, he did, yeah. And then I didn't like the whole the whole Terrell Owens thing. You finally get Terrell Owens, and he's not even going to back him to keep him. That really bothered me, too. You know? Yep. Man, quite a history with him and Philly fans. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know what? And a lot of winning. My dad used to tell him to lay off the chunky soup. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I saw a thing years later where they were talking about McNabb and they were saying that, um, and I don't know how true this is, but they were saying that McNabb was, wanted to always train in Arizona and he was yep. very concerned about bulking up, being bigger, stronger. And the Eagles coaching staff was like, no, we need you in Philly. Work on your footwork. Work on this. We want you to work on your time and your footwork and the mechanics. And he wasn't interested in that. I always thought that was really interesting about him. Absolutely. Great stories, man. I love it. Philly. Yeah. By next Thank week, you, man. man, we're going to be within 10 days, and then we're going to be down to a week getting ready for training camp. I this can't bitch wait. is here, dude. This thing's I'm here. ready. I'm ready. I am ready because hey, I'm driving my wife nuts. Do you get do you get do you get back to Philly much? I haven't been in, in about five years. I used to go a couple times a year, but I haven't. I need to go. All my family's there. I need to go see them. It's been too help long. me out here. So Big Seal's now got a new sponsor for the program, King of Prussia Hooters. Okay. Okay. I've been there, Hooters. Okay, so check it out. So those, uh, my my, it's it's all pretty much official as of today that it's now that's going to be the new home of the Big Seal Show, National okay. Football Show. Okay. So we're going to get everybody up there, right? Right. Good place. <clears throat> Easy to yeah. get to. Yeah. Yeah. King of Prussia, baby. Yeah, we're gonna start. We're gonna start doing so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to do a show where we get Philly 500 on, man. During the King of Prussia. King of Prussia. Time. I remember King of Prussia Automall. My dad crashed the court air. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to go look at a car for me, and and he, he crashed it. And uh, he's like, "I'm selling this shit." Oh, it was it was crazy. Yeah, King of Prussia. Hey, dog. I appreciate you, man. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Have a great one. All Make right. sure everyone catches him out too. He's got one of the All great. Right, podcast shows and one of the best streaming shows there is out there too when it comes to covering your birds thank you thank so you, much man. philly i appreciate it brother all right guys do me a favor please hit the like button keep it here on the national football show Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. 
to leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Saquon Barkley will get his deal done. It's going to be between 14 and 15 million dollars and it looks like it's going to get done by Monday from what I'm hearing. Um, my friends in New York are telling me that the negotiations are now into a point where um, they're going to want to get that done. And to me, this is the best thing that could ever happen to both Dallas and to the Philadelphia Eagles. Here, so $46 million in your quarterback. Um, you're paying $17 million in a tight end. That's $63 million. Then you're going to put another $15 million in three players. That's $78 million, $80 million, $80 million in three players, $80 million on a $218 million salary cap. How are you paying for old linemen? How are you paying for wide receivers? How are you paying for defensive football players? How are you filling out a roster and having a balanced salary cap? When you're doing shit like that, how are you? Right. Look at what, hey, you know what's the, you know what the craziest, greatest thing that Howie has done? What's, what, what separates, look at the business practices of the Giants versus the Eagles. True. They gave the quarterback $50 million, but they did it 
in a way that they could afford it. I know it sounds crazy, but they did it in the way they could afford it. How I mean that, the owner knew for them to feel the team, he had to do one thing, things that were unconventional on being able to pay him. Okay? Nicole Lynn knew that. Jalen Hurts knew that. Jalen Hurts is not looking at a five-year contract. He's looking at a three-year contract because that's where the guaranteed money is. All that other shit is monopoly talk. He's got a three-year contract that's team-friendly. And the reason it's team-friendly, because of the bonuses that are put up front that he can keep that cap at a legitimate place where he can go and get other players. And he, get this, I never thought you could keep A.J. Brown on the team. Well, now you can. The problem would be trying to keep A.J. and Devontae if Devontae continues to do his numbers. But to what Tone just said, so there's not a chance in hell the Giants because they gave him a conventional contract. Do, do you know that Daniel Jones's contract is more detrimental to the salary cap of the Giants than what Jalen Hurts is? And Jalen Hurts is expected to make more. Think about that. Daniel Jones has more of a detrimental contract to the Giants if he doesn't pan out. Now, they get out of it quicker, but you, you're not helping your team when you're paying three guys $80 million. And like you said, what happens when that kid Thomas, that left tackle they have, his contract comes out? The Giants can't keep him. There's not a chance in hell. Look at where the look at where the Eagles have invested. We just talked about the greatest position room in the. It's I would say this to you, that the Eagles' offensive line might be the greatest position room of any room of any grouping of players in the league. Like you may have a really great wide receiving core. Is it better than the Eagle O-line group? Absolutely not. Well, they got Jamar Chase, and they got T. Higgins in Cincinnati. You would take that wide receiver room over the Eagles O-line group? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. How about the Washington Commanders defensive line versus the Eagles offensive line? Now we're talking. Now that's a conversation. But then again, you have question marks in Chase Young. So I don't know. I'm probably keeping my guys because I'm okay with my D-line. Especially with the, you don't know what the answers are at tackle yet. The Eagles have made it so you pay $15 million for a center, a right tackle, and a left tackle. And you're still paying 25 on a wideout, and you're going to be paying 50 on a quarterback. But the reason you're going to be okay at 50 at the quarterback, because you gave him a shitload of money in signing bonus, which lowers the cap. Do you understand how many times Jalen Hurts is going to continue to renegotiate his deal so that how he can move? How he's going to go want to get a player. Do you know what Nicole Lynn and Jalen Hurts are going to do? Okay. Hey, Jalen, especially if he's playing great. Hey, we're going to restructure your contract. Here's $20 million, and we're going to get the number down from 50 down to 10. Okay. I'd rather have the money in the bank than have it promised to me. Think about that. 
Nobody wants to have money promised to them. People want money in the bank because that's what you're worth, not what you're promised. And a lot of these NFL contracts, hey, we promise you we're going to pay you this. Most of the time, those players get cut because of that. They never get the money. And both teams, get this, both the player and the team lose, right? It's dead money and it's dead cap hit money and the player loses. We see that 95% of the time and the Giants and the Cowboys are notorious for this. Are notorious. The Giants are going to give Saquon Barkley $15 million for a guy. Hey, I counted the last Yale tone, hamstring, knee, quad, ankle. He's been hurt every year he's played. And you're going to put $15 million per year annually into that. Poof. <laughs> I don't see it. Not me, man. That's, dude, I'm not saying you, and, and they go like this without Saquon Barkley, the offense. Well, then you don't have an offense. The Eagles are so confident. Here, here's a great way to look at this Barkley deal. They must not really believe in Daniel Jones that much. And you gave him $46 million. Which is it? I don't understand here. Most of these big-time quarterbacks that got the Jalen Hurts even, they moved off of a back that had 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns because they think Jalen can cover that. Kansas City has some dude they drafted in the sixth or seventh round. They don't even have a running back, really, in Buffalo. They, they, But the Giants need one? Well, you must not really believe in Daniel Jones then. If they believed in Jones as much as they say they do, they'd let Barkley walk. Absolutely. Especially for an injury-prone guy. This guy's injured. I mean, this guy's injured every year. He's actually missed significant time. Fifth, you're going to pay him. Hey, I think McCaffrey's overpaid. When McCaffrey's on the field, he's a star. When? Bro, you can't have $20 million wrapped into a player that you're not sure he can play every week. You can't build an offense that way. And Daniel Jones hasn't done enough for me to sit here and go, here's 46 million bucks. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. So the Giants are going to cut this deal. Like I said, $80 million in three guys. And every one of them are always hurt, except the quarterback. Darren Waller's hurt three of the last four years. And your running back's hurt every year. I, I, I don't get it. It's just not fundamentally sound like the Eagles are. That's right. Look at this. Because of the success that the Vikings are having with Justin Jefferson, and now they added that Addison kid from Southern Cal, and what they – dude, get this. Get this. It's a great point. The Minnesota Vikings are more confident in Kirk Cousins because they let Dalvin Cook go than what the Giants are 
and Daniel Jones. Because if that was the case, in Minnesota, all he wanted was two more million or three more million to put him at 10. And the Vikings wouldn't do it. And they let him walk. Dude, I just don't see how this makes sense. The Giants are going to put themselves in a position. And then get this, Barkley gets hurt. The season's off. If Saquon Barkley gets hurt, the Giants' season's over before it even gets going. Even the Cowboys, that's right, with Zeke. Zeke's been running out of gas. When he got hurt last year, Tony Pollard took over, became the Tony Pollard show, and it was over. So the Giants gave a guy $46 million, and now you're going to overpay a back. Well, which is it? Do you believe in your quarterback or not? There's not a chance in hell the New York Giants believe in Daniel Jones with this move. It, it's The writing's on the wall here. Well, we need both of them. Really? Even the, even the Eagles know that. I'm not paying that guy $7 million. Dude, the Eagles wouldn't budge off of $5 bucks to keep Miles Sanders in the building. They said, well, that's not going to be us. You see, a, they didn't even think about it. Let him walk out the building because they're so confident in Jalen. After one great year, Daniel Jones had four good games, I think. Seriously, watch this. Daniel Jones had four good games, I think. I don't know. Power Hour, number three. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Carter's getting stewed. Eagles had to expect this. Nothing that um, caught them with their pants down here. This is how I would handle it. If I'm Bob Lang, head of communications, and if I'm Tracy Rocker and Sean Desai and Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, I'd say all the right things publicly. Don't give them too much, though. Guard the kid. And son, you don't have latitude right now. Don't do anything stupid. Lock yourself in your room. If you have to have someone take you to the the complex every day, we can't have any slip-ups here. You have no latitude. Hey, Seals, the elephant in the room, the Eagles, it's the new coordinators. It is. If you had a gun to your head, which is the biggest impact to return to the Super Bowl? The defense, because Jalen Hurts is your offensive coordinator as he was a year ago. He is a control. I think it's the side. The side will decide if that team gets back to the NFC title game. Okay, I appreciate that, Ace. But just just to, to finish this up, and we'll expand a little more on that. Um, they better turn Carter into a, a boy in the bubble, only supervised visits. Correct. And if I'm Jalen Carter, I sound contrite because you have assholes in your Philadelphia media that will pick apart a comment that you make. We've already had it. And they'll try to make a story so that they can put themselves into the story. That's not journalism. That's yellow journalism. And most people are guilty of it today. Again, like I tell you, I'm not a journalist. But I did go to school for it. And I do know when I see shady journalism, And you see it daily. So what you do is you prepare them. Yeah, man. Um, All I could say is I really would not like to comment on it because I've got my own situations that I have to deal with on a daily basis. And if they continue to prod, you just keep saying, "Um, I'm dealing with this in my own personal way. And I hope you give me space here to deal with it. There was a tragedy and we're all dealing with it as families. It's the only way you can answer it. And you keep answering it the same way, the same way. What you need to do is go to school with Bill Belichick. Hey, there was a tragedy for a bunch of families. And we're all dealing it within our own way. And I hope you give us time to deal with this. And let it lay there. Because they're going to continue to do this now. And this question will be asked in training camp now that he's being sued. This is not a shocking thing. 
And by the way, let the courts deal with it. If you got to pay money, you got to pay money. If you don't have to pay money, you don't have to pay money. If your statements were made that weren't true, so be it. It'll come out. But that doesn't have to be in the public. The public doesn't have to know. And they owe you nothing. You owe them nothing of an explanation for a tragedy. I don't know why organizations and players think that you owe some media asshole an explanation. You don't owe them anything except good play and making sure you're a good citizen. Okay? Good people make mistakes. Sometimes tragic mistakes. One moment can turn a great guy into a hallful situation. It happens to everybody in life. But handle it correctly. Okay? You don't have to answer and give these guys anything. That's what I would tell Jalen Carter. Don't talk about it. There's no reason to keep bringing it up. They want to bring it up? You answer it one way, every way, every time. Don't deviate. Tragedy for a bunch of families. I'm dealing with it privately. And I hope you give me my space. And I really not like to talk about it or expand on it. It ends it there. Okay? Trust me, Big Dom has already given Carter the rundown as we speak. It's probably what he told him. Dude, the more you say, the more you tweet, or the more you do, the more you keep the fire going. Okay? Yell's right. Once he starts playing, then it'll be more about his play. But there's right now, there's buffer. You see, if he was in college, this would be a non-issue because you know why? 24-7, they got you monitored and they take care of you. Okay? Well, Greasy brings up a point. Sad. Okay. Right? Well, if it's sad, everyone needs their space then. They don't need to be drilled in questions. Remember, the Philadelphia media is not a lawyer. He's just a dude with a pen. But he can make you win the judge, jury, and executioner if you do stupid stuff. And that's what he's trying to do. He wants you to screw up. You understand that. Every media person wants you to screw up in something that you say. Not something you do, but something you say. Okay? Because then they get the story. Okay? Just trust me when I tell you this. Get a bunch of people making all kinds of stupid shit and saying things. So Jalen Carter, just I hope he's smart here, and I hope people are keeping a and – and I do believe the Eagles are doing a good job with this. Okay? <laughs> I like – right? <laughs> okay, Jam. Big Seals, the, the media is evil. Um, I don't think they're evil. I don't think they're evil, but they have agendas. And sometimes it's perceived as evil. Everyone has an agenda of what they're trying to get done. Some of them want to be part of a story. Someone want to make a story up. Someone want it, 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 they're just different. All of them are different. They're opportunists. That's better. Yeah. They're opportunists for sure. 
That's exactly what it is. And is that evil? You, you can define it any way you want. Okay, you can. All right. I want someone to explain something to me about Jonathan Gannon here. And I want someone to explain this to me about Kyler Murray. Wow. What an absolute train wreck before you get to training camp. This is ridiculous that you gave this guy this much money. Can you imagine if Jalen Hurts talked like this? So the Cardinals are expected, according to Vegas, to have the worst record in the National Football League. They're picked to be the worst team in the league and have the least amount of wins. How can that be when you just gave a guy almost $50 million? I thought when you gave a quarterback $50 million, that made your team better. You gave Kyler Murray $50 million and your team is worse? I'll say this to you. In the NFC, let's take it. Look, I know he's hurt. But if you took Jalen Hurts off the Eagles right now for six weeks, what do you think the Eagle record would be in six weeks without Hurts? Three and three? Four and two? What do you think their record would be? Oh, it's no way. Not the teams they're playing, Tone. Well, they're playing a tough schedule. Okay, fair enough. Now, I, I think they could weather it. Now, are they going to beat and beat significant teams without Jalen? Absolutely not. But do I think they could beat three and three? I do. Listen, and please don't take this in that I think Marcus Mariota could do the same job that Jalen. That's not what I'm saying. Marcus Mariota is not beating Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, you can have Marcus Mariota against this, but against those elite guys, you're not beating Aaron Rodgers with Marcus Mariota. Okay? He's beating Aaron Rodgers. So that's where... So, but the, here's my point. Even if you want to go here, Tone, two and four, you're still going to survive to get yourself back into a position... The Cowboys survived last year when they lost Dak. They would survive. Okay? They got good players everywhere. So, Kyler Murray is not there and the team's a train wreck. The team would be a train wreck whether he was there or not. And you know what he said on top of that? Yeah, I'll be coachable. Yeah, I'm going to listen. But if things aren't working, we all have to look in the mirror. Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? What? So if you think things aren't going the way you want them, you're going to stop listening and being coached? 
Is that what you did last year? Whoa. And that's your mentality. That's not somebody I want as a face of my franchise. I'm sorry. I do not like that attitude at all. And even if you think it, you shouldn't be saying it publicly. That if this coach, in my opinion, doesn't know what he's doing, whether you think of Jonathan, you're giving your coach no chance of success. If this guy's not doing a good job, I'm not going to listen. Really? You got a bad character guy in Arizona. Yeah, you heard it. Kyler Murray is everything that Jalen Hurts isn't. And that is, he isn't a malcontent. He isn't a problem. He isn't a guy that's not going to listen. And he is coachable. Every single thing that Kyler Murray is, Jalen's not. And everything that Jalen is, Murray's not. And Murray may have all the more physical gifts. He exposes himself when he opens his mouth. Dude, so if you don't like the way shit's going, you're going to help get another coach fired? Who are you? Man, and you gave that guy 46 million bucks. <laughs> Why? You know what? I'd rather have Marcus Mariota as my quarterback in Arizona than him. I would. At least Marcus is going to try, be coached, and his teammates are going to like him. Arizona has a version of Carson Wentz. But the difference between Wentz and Murray, Murray says the things that Wentz wouldn't publicly at least. But he was that guy too. Damn. I have never heard a player go, you know, we're going to have to have a look in the mirror if things aren't going well. And you haven't even shown up to training camp yet. They're not even in camp. When you pay a guy, you're not just paying for talent. You're paying for character. The Cardinals dropped the ball. They sure did. Dude, they have no shot. Jonathan Gannon would be fired. Or... They'll have to make a decision on moving Murray. I would move him. Let him go back to the A's. I don't know. But he's not set up to be a pro football player. He's got a baseball mentality. He doesn't have a football mentality. He's more of a baseball guy. He thinks like a baseball guy and plays football. Okay? Because in theory, a baseball guy is more... When you're in the batter's box, it's you and no one else. It's like it's like being, you know, it's you and no one else. 
Your teammates can't help you. Nobody can help you. You know, it's almost an individual sport when you're at the bat. When you, when you're when you're taking your four swings, you're it's an individual sport. It's pitcher and you. And it's inside of a team concept after that, when the ball, wherever it goes, to catch it, you don't catch it, you strike them out. It's an individual sport in many ways. And he's got an individual mentality. Because you can't have that. You're not even in training camp, and you're already putting it out there to the players in the locker room. Hey, guys, I'm kind of with you. So we're more of a front runner. Don't you want guys on your team, especially at that position, when shit hits the fan and you're in a foxhole and you guys got to dig out of it and you got to dig out of it together, you're all one for one and for each other. You got a guy in Arizona that's a quarterback of your team. Hey, when shit hits the fan, I'm not getting in that foxhole with you. You guys are going to have to go do it yourselves because I'm not going to get in that thing with you. That's who he is. Dude, I learned more listening to Kyler Murray. And listen, here's here's the difference, too. Both these guys, Oklahoma guys, right? And here's the difference, too. Jalen Hurts doesn't say shit. He's the most boring dude on the planet. We said the same shit about Brady. God, Brady never says anything. When he was in New England, he never said a thing. He wasn't even on social media in New England. Brady wasn't. He wasn't on social media. You had an alcoholic general manager in Steve Kime. You had a quarterback who hated Cliff Kingsbury at the end. Got him fired after getting a contract extension the year previous. You remember that? Both Kyam and Cliff Kingsbury got three-year contract extensions. The Arizona Cardinals gave those guys three years. Then they fired him in the offseason. You talk about decision-making. Boy, I'll tell you something else about the Eagles right now. Do you know the Eagles beat people in just the way they do business, too. The Giants don't know what they're doing. The Cardinals don't know what they're doing. The Cowboys overpay in metal. The 49ers don't have a quarterback and haven't figured that thing out in five years. The Eagles just sit back. You're right, guys. Maybe they don't have to have a spectacular defense because the one thing they don't do, they don't get in their way. And you know, the only thing that we talked about in the offseason, you want to hear the only thing we kind of talked about in the offseason that was kind of, you know, raised an eyebrow was Matt Patricia. And Matt Patricia's an asset because he's bringing knowledge to the staff that doesn't have a lot of knowledge. And we were talking about feelings and this and that. That's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger. And really, let's, let's look at this. You're talking about whether or not Darius Slay likes Patricia and Patricia likes it. I mean, it's really a nothing burger. When you look at the Giants situation and the Arizona Cardinals. Not that good to me. 
he can't even see the field. Like Hopkins asked him on the sideline, what are you seeing in open? Am I open? I mean, no, I hey, weapon. He doesn't see down the field because you know why? He he's nervous of the pass rush. He's still getting that's a trend with these quarterbacks from Oklahoma. And the only thing now that J here's what separates Jalen from all these quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield. What do they all have in common? They they're they're skittish of the rush. Hurts is not. I think that comes from the coaching he got at Bama. I don't think Lincoln Riley's that good a coach. Everybody's kissing his ass at USC. What's he ever won? Big 12 titles and blown out in final four games? Lincoln Riley's overrated. I don't see it. What has he produced? Has he ever produced a defensive football player in his entire 12 years at Oklahoma? Has he? Anyone? Name me a guy that he produced at OU on defense. Really? The beautiful thing about football is that none of these teams and organizations are, I got it, they're individual humans pulling these strings, and you can't underestimate the value of having reliable people in the building. If you have incompetent people, no good can come from it. Absolutely, Tone. Absolutely. Okay? No organization is immune to having issues inside of it. But what you do have is problem solvers. And people that see when things are going sideways, they're able to adjust immediately. That's the best thing the Eagles do. Wentz is not working. Move off them. Doug's not going down the process of what we want. I don't care what the success he is. And get this, nobody is bigger than the organization. From Carson Wentz um, to Doug Peterson. Nobody's bigger than the organization. That's not the cases in these other places. In business, there are problem makers and problems. That's right. How he's a problem solver. Okay. Thoughts on Ringo and Ricks. You see them on 53? Oh, absolutely, Ringo. Ringo, um, um, Ricks, I'm not sure of. Ringo, I am. Okay? Kyler Murray, but, but just look at the NFC itself. And here, look at teams. How many, do you really think the Jets are going to do anything with all the noise they had this year? Not me. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't see the Jets playoff team. Now, you add Dalvin Cook. Okay, you add Dalvin Cook, probably. But you don't put Cook in there? I don't know. I just got too much noise. How about the Bills? A lot of noise. You know why you got a lot of noise going on in Buffalo? Because they're not, they're not sure of the coordinator. Ken Dorsey. Cardinals will suffer with the decisions they made with Gannon and allow Murray to act the way he does. So that's what happened when you think you're smart. That's right. You know what? You know why they did that? You got to remember why they did that. Remember the history. The year before they got Kyler Murray, what did they do? They went into the draft and they fumbled the ball on Josh Rosen. And as soon as Kingsbury got in the building, he went, that's not the guy. He was right. They moved off him, traded him to Miami. 
They picked up Murray. Well, right out of the gate, they knew they had a problem with his behavior. He's a behavior problem. I think Kyler Murray's a behavior problem. And I also think he's a bad teammate. Unless you prove it to me, Kyler Murray, in my opinion, now I'll be accused of being a racist here, but I think Kyler Murray is a poor teammate. I, I don't think he's a very good teammate just by his actions and the way he talks. I mean, everything that a quarterback is, he's not. I have no faith in him. I have no faith in him as a leader. I have no faith in him as the face of my franchise. Absolutely no way. I, I just don't see it. He's gotten his coach, his general manager fired, and now he's coming out of the gate saying, if things aren't going right, I'm not listening, and you can't coach me. Dude, you're not even in training camp. You're, you're, you're 14 days out from camp, and you're telling everyone you're going to take a shit on them if you don't like the way things are going. Wow. That $46 million has gone to his head. He thinks he's better than anybody in the organization. But that's the Bidwell's fault. They made that happen. Little man syndrome, it's an entitlement attitude. The, the Cardinals don't do their homework. They don't do their homework in coaching. They don't do their homework in who they give their money to. Because nobody gives money to that guy. And what I would have did with him, I'd have franchise tagged his ass until he calmed down. I'd have broke his will. And I would have treated him that way. You don't like it? I don't give a shit. You're going to change or you're get this, or we're going to make you into the most miserable human being because I'm not going to give you up for nobody, but I'm going to franchise tag your ass, make you miserable. You're underpaid. And if you don't like it, you can't do anything about it. And if you don't want to show up, I'll find your ass. I will find you every day. You're not in camp. And then you can go play baseball. I'll eat the first round pick, but I'm not eating $46 million in face. That's how I treat that kid. You're not going to push my franchise around when you haven't done shit. Murray's bullied him. He toned you right. He's bullying him. Well, if I don't like Gannon, I'm not listening. Hey, dude. Well, then watch what I'm doing. Too late now, though. Gave him dough. Bro, I, I, I'll tell you what. Now that I know who he is, I wouldn't have a problem moving him in the offseason. Or now. I'm trading him at the trading deadline. and But I'd, I'd have to wait until the offseason because I'd want to at least get some more draft picks. you know. And what you don't want to do is, if you're the Cardinals right now, you don't want to kind of put dents in the car. You're trying to sell the car. So you probably eat crow until the offseason. And then once that guy's out of your building, then you take a gigantic shit on him. So you really can't kill him right now. But if that's me, I'm not letting him bully me around like that. And my new coach. Dude, we're all trying to get along here. I mean, the Eagles are just, they must just sit back. Just look at the business of the offseason. How do you think, you know, probably really good offseason for Dallas because there wasn't a lot of noise and they moved off a of Z where they had to. 49ers, get this. What have the 49ers done in the offseason 
to address the quarterback position. It's July 13th. You got 11 days until camp. I mean, 14 days until camp. What have you? Here's what they've done. Sam Darnold, and they hope Purdy's healthy. And Purdy's not even a sure thing. Sam Darnold, and you're hoping that Brock Purdy can do it again. That's not addressing it. Shit, the team that another team that did a good job this offseason, the Seahawks. Would it shock me if the Seahawks won the NFC West this year? No. No. That would it would would it shock you if Carroll won the West? And and they pulled the West out? I don't think so. Right? I mean, Seattle just might be the second best team in the NFC. I think Dallas is probably the second. I think Dallas is probably the second best team. No, hey, Maniac, they they made they got they they signed that defensive tackle. They did a good job in the draft. They got the linebacker back in the in the building. Um Gino had a good year. They're putting more talent around him. The kid Walker from a year ago also was a good find in the second round. The the defense, they've added components on that side of the ball. I don't know. I don't think it's just, hey, you got a lot of stupid things in San Francisco with that quarterback deal. Okay? Would not shock me. So, I mean, you're, you're listening to this in Arizona and you're like, The Giants and their business decisions. Who else? Who else? The look at look at Lincoln Riley and the guys he he has. Baker Mayfield can't handle pressure in the pocket. Kyler Murray can't handle pressure in the pocket. All undersized guys. Jalen's an outlier because he was first coached at Bama, and he's got balls. Those other guys, they're cowards in the pocket. And now you got this guy, Caleb Williams, being coached by him in a conference that's not that good. Like I told you this before, do you know between the Big Ten and the Southeastern Conference, 65 in the SEC, 62 in the Big Ten players are drafted out of 280-some-odd players. Think of that. Do you know how many players got drafted out of the Pac-12 this past year? 15. 15. It's the lowest number. Of players drafted in the big, I mean, out of the Pac 12 in 45 years. Nobody plays in that conference. So, Caleb Williams, who are you playing against? Oregon State. Who else? Oregon, okay, good players. Utah, okay. UCLA, kind of. Stanford, no. Cal, no. Who? Like I said, Oregon, Washington, kind of. Washington State, no. 
I mean, Caleb Williams is being touted as this guy who's going to be like the best. I hear Coward because he's 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 stumping for USC football. USC football will have a good record this year because they're in a shit conference. If USC played in the Southeastern Conference, if they played in the SEC, they'd be a seven-win team. Joe, really cool of you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. If, if USC played in the Southeastern Conference, they honestly, they they would be, they'd be seven, eight wins. As a matter of fact, I put a list together for my preseason top 10. Let me throw this at you here. How many, how many Big Ten teams? One, two, three. How many SEC? One, two, three, four. So between those two conferences, between those two conferences, seven teams from two conferences are in the top 10. I got Georgia one, Bama two. Michigan three, Ohio State four. I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I got FSU five, LSU six. Hey, look at LSU now sitting at six. What does that tell you about Notre Dame? Brian Kelly had to leave Notre Dame. Why? Brian Kelly would never – whoever coaches Notre Dame will never win a national championship. Notre Dame will never win another national championship. Their days are over. It's over with. Notre Dame will not win. They can't win. They don't believe in redshirting. Their requirements are too high. And th- you know what they do? They get rival guys, sure. But most of those rival guys are qualifiers. There's a re- Hey, there is a reason that Alabama has an 87% acceptance rate. Now, they don't accept everybody. But they do it for that reason so that they can get football players in there. And they don't take, you know, anybody. But what they do do is they open that up so that they can get players in there that maybe not the greatest players, put them on academic probation, get them in there, help them out, help them get a degree. That's why Bam and Georgia and LSU, Brian, Brian Kelly has a shot to win a national title now. He never would at Notre Dame. Notre Dame will never win again. It's 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 right. It's Yale. It's it's Northwestern. It's it's Stanford. You can't win there. You don't get the best here. When when Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are recruiting, say twenty guys, they get those twenty guys. When Freeman at Notre Dame recruits twenty guys, he gets four of those twenty. And then he's got to fill them in with mom's mom's favorite alum or, you know, your buddy's alumni kid or somebody from Chicago Catholic, somebody like, like that. And that's who they get in there. That's why they play. Look at the schedule. They can't even beat Marshall now. Look at the schedule Notre Dame plays today compared to what they played 25 years ago. They play Long Beach now. They're trying to just, because they know their name will get them into the Final Four, they'll get killed in it again. But Brian Kelly knew he will never win a national title at Notre Dame. I mean, it's great education, it's great school, it's all that. But as a football program, they played in the SEC, they'd win three games a year. Marshall beat them last year. Holy cow, Joe! 
I'm Philly 500's dad. I love Gabagool too. I love your show. Hope you can read. Oh my God. Hey, by the way, Joe, was that you sitting in the chair with the picture that um, your son sent? Okay. So here, here's one thing about Big Joe here. So Joe's got big sills on the big screen, and he's sitting there with some gabagool. Hey, hey, Joe, so you know, guess what I had before I ate? Hey, Joe, just before I came on and I was uh, talking to everybody, you want to hear what my, I had? So I went in the refrigerator. My wife got some of our sauce she made the other day. It's Italian. It's one of the greatest sauces in the history of sauces. And she had some uh, sausage in there. I cut two pieces of sausage up, Joe. I put it on a nice piece of bread. I had myself a sausage sandwich before I came on. Hey, that's what I had, dog. Thank you very much. Joe, it's an honor, man. I mean, anytime that we could get people and families watching the show, because that's kind of what it is, man. Hey, man. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Holy cow, wow, he really is, Philly. <laughs> way to go, man. I love your kid. Your kid, hey, by the way, your kid's killing it on his uh, stream show. All the uh, subscriptions and all the people that check him out. He's a great personality. Hey, stupid, likable Sills doing nice stuff. <laughs> hey, JM. You know, JM, I got a love-hate relationship with you. But then again, I got a love-hate relationship with my old lady, too. Okay. Yeah, hey, hey, Maniac, I had some sausage, so I got some of my wife's sauce. It's unbelievable. My aunt and my grandmother perfected this thing. It's it's a homemade sauce. It's unbelievable. So I went in there, and it's it's like crack. And so I, I, I sliced it up. I put these two pieces of sausage, little ones are like that, and I put them on some bread. And there I am, too. I'm dipping up the, oh, God, I love it. It's good stuff, man. Really good. All right. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, that fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. My daughter's classic. Follow me here. So she's going into her senior year at Grand Canyon, and they're the number two ranked rugby team in the West Coast. And BYU's number one. They're number two. And my daughter's been the captain for three years. So she goes like this to me. You know, Dad, I'm looking to just get my education. And, uh, you know, she, she's been offered to go overseas and play. She's been offered in like um, Arizona on the East Coast with Ara. And she's like, you know, you know, dad, I just want to re- retool. And, and I'm like, okay. And so she, she goes like, and she's 3.7 grade point. I have no idea where she got that from. I mean, my daughter's a 3.7 grade point average. She's a Dean's List. Just a super kid, man. I have no idea where that came from. I was a hellraiser. I had no grades. <laughs> and and I was I, I didn't listen to too many people outside of my folks. And she goes like this to me. She goes, Yeah, you know, I just going into my senior year, you know, I need to just graduate, you know. I go to I go to my wife, I go, Well, she looks sounds like she's not really engaged in um rugby anymore. And so like the last three, four days, it's been pretty hot where we live. I mean, scorching hot over the top, 110 shit like that. And, um, my, my daughter's out running and she's outside in the heat, pushing a sled. So yesterday she comes home, she goes, she's soaking wet. I go, I thought that you were just trying to recharge yourself. She goes, so what do you mean? I go, no, I'm just, um, you have to have a lot of love when no one's watching you. You're pushing a sled in 110 degree weather and no one's there helping you and you're doing it and your mom's with you and that's it. And you're just drinking water. She goes, well, what does it mean to you? I go, it means you're dedicated. You got to do that. That's how you, if, if it was that easy to be a champion, everybody be a champion. You become a champion when no one's watching you. That's when you're a champion. 
when the lights aren't on you. It's dark out. It's hard. You got to do uncommon things to be a champion. She goes, okay, okay, Newt Rockney. And I go, no, your actions speak to it. You could talk all the shit you want, Danielle, but you're out in 110 degree weather pushing a football sled for two hours, jump roping, doing 40s, running two miles, doing wind sprints, doing cone drills, jump roping, doing that for two and a half hours outside. That's not new Rockney shit. That's actually committed. Okay. That's the kind of shit I like. Thank you, JM. She's a way better person and kid than I ever was. And she's the greatest accomplishment I've ever had. I've never accomplished anything better in my life than my kid. My testament's my child. And I'm so proud of her. All the things that I thought were important to me aren't. Um, everything she is, is everything that I... I, I wished I could be better student, better person, more understanding. Just a great kid, man. Just a great kid. I'm so, I, I, I can't be any more. Pro- she tells me to go to hell though, but you know, you know, <laughs> I've never had anybody. I've never, I've never had anybody tell me to go to hell more in my life than my kid. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have her telling me that and showing me the love that she has for me. I I can't tell you how proud I am. I just, there's nothing I've done, nothing I have that I would take my heart out for her. It's just, dude, honestly, like if I died yet tomorrow, the only disappointing thing would be is that I didn't get a chance to see her grow. That's it. She's such a great kid. Um, uh, something else happened pretty cool. So I'm going through my boxes and boxes of BS and I post a Jersey online and it's Lyle Alzado's Jersey that he had when he was in Denver. And my daughter has the Jersey and she's showing it to friends it's Lyle Alzado's jersey he wore when he was with the Broncos and they were in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think they got killed by the Cowboys. Same thing Tyson said about his life. Wow. I didn't, I didn't, and that's a good thing. Mike's maturing. You know what love about Sills? He reminds me of my wife's uncle. I get that a lot. Robert goes, damn, show's almost over. Hang on, hang on, Robert. So wait a minute. So I post the picture on my Facebook. And Chris Alzado, uh, Lyle's wife, she sends me a message and a text message. She lives in Catalina, California. And I've had lunch with her. And a uh, beautiful woman. They've had really some great kids. And she gave me another piece of memorabilia because Alzado loved me. Lyle Alzado, probably not a shocker, right? Alzado loved me, man. 
So he, he gave me a couple things and we used to talk all the time before he passed his kids. I know his kids well. So she sends it. She goes, you posted that man. I had forgotten. He gave you that. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man, it's a damn shame. They don't look at him as a hall of fame guy. Um, I really like Lyle Alzado. Unfortunately, the steroid stuff will um, not allow him to be considered for the Hall of Fame because people will look at it, Daddy cheated or this and that. And back in the era when everyone took steroids, he was just a victim of being honest. And that's kind of what his downfall will be. Seals, brother, I love your show, man. Keep it up. Hopefully one day we can drink. We will. Hey, hey. Cosmo, we'll make it happen. Let me, let me say this to you guys. And I, and, I, and, I, and I mean this, Chuck, and I mean this to everyone. It is brain cancer. It was. Um, I mean this. I've never had more fun in my life talking to you guys without you guys talking back. But I feel like I can hear your voices. And one day, maybe when technology catches up, everybody's going to be able to bark at Sills. Thank you, Sue. But we'll get together, man. I, and I pro hey, I don't get out much, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get out much, but I do want to thank Phil. I got a great text message. And maybe I could send you the picture here. Or I could show you the picture here. That I oh here, here, here's 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 the Alzado. There's the Alzado jersey. Oh, and I got a Rocky Marciano. A guy named Joe Campisi gave me that. But um yeah, that's the Alzado one. Yeah, that was that was, and Chris Chris is just absolutely fantastic. Really great, really great, great. Hey man, I I really appreciate it very much, Mateo. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Listen, I told people this: I've had more fun talking to you guys than any time in my broadcast career. That's a true statement, and I was on for twenty six years on radio. And I enjoy talking to you guys. We get it, and and and, and hey, and if, God forbid, man, if you guys could ever talk back to me, man, I don't know what the hell. Can you imagine? I'm sitting in a room right now, and I don't even know if you guys are real. You could be bots, <laughs> bateru dubachi. <laughs> you guys have a great one, um, Xander, Big Joe. Oh, real quick. I want to officially thank, before we get out of here, um, I do want to say this and show this if I can. Tone, before I do it. Um, let me see if I can. I'm going to put my finger over his. Um, that's Phil. Right there, the owner of the Hooters and um, King of Prussia. We are on the move. Or like a big giant train, slow to start, but once we get going, we're going to roar around. Official home of the Big Sills Show, National Football Show, will be King of Prussia Hooters. And we invite everybody to come up there. We're looking forward to you guys to do that. Thank you so much. Again, Tone, keep up the great work. You're doing a great job with us, and we couldn't do it without you. We will see you tomorrow at 3 to 6. We'll also see you on the flip side.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.